High School Slumber Party is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome, esteemed members of the Freshman Yearbook Committee. This is High School Slumber Party, the podcast where me and some friends look back at our teenage years through the lens of some iconic high school-centric films. I'm Brian Rodriguez, and the yearbook party's at my place this evening. So you guys know what your homework assignment was. It was to vote. This was your assignment. And I would like to see the results. I'm talking about voting on social media, of course. The polls are open on Facebook. The polls are open on Twitter. If I could have opened the polls on Instagram, I would have, but they don't allow that. And remember to follow High School Slumber Party on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. You can also email me at highschoolslumberparty at gmail.com. But thank you for voting. The turnout was amazing. And if you didn't get to vote, well, there's always next year for our sophomore yearbook special. But this is our freshman yearbook special. It's our first yearbook special ever. And, you know, you guys got a chance, you slumbers, you got a chance to vote for some of your favorite characters, your favorite film, you know, things that would be in a high school yearbook for everything we've done so far on High School Slumber Party. And just a reminder, I say this at the beginning of all my shows, but it's super important. Remember that you can listen to us on Spotify, Google Play, what is it, Apple Podcasts, they're always changing these names, Stitcher, and of course, as always, on cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me, along with a ton of other great shows that are part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. And remember, the best way that you can help High School Slumber Party is by subscribing, giving us a nice five-star rating, writing us a wonderful review, and the best, 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 best way to share the love of High School Slumber Party is by telling a friend about all the magic that happens here, especially this yearbook special, because you're going to get a little, like, a little buffet, if you will, of what a lot of our best moments were since we've been doing this show from way back when. So one thing I want to get to right away. As you know, I usually remind you guys as the other homework assignment, sometimes the extra credit homework assignment, to try to get John Cusack not to block us. Just as a refresher, John Cusack decided to block us. Well, why don't I put the clip for the first time I realized John Cusack had blocked us, which was our second episode where we were also covering Better Off Dead. And of course it stars John Cusack. Well, 
that's the person who actually blocked me on Twitter, John Cusack. And he actually blocked the High School Slumber Party Twitter page, which you can look up and, and find, and I post cool stuff on there. But So, I don't know. I posted a kind of promo for this episode, actually. And John Cusack famously hates Better Off Dead. No one can figure out why, because he does an awesome job in it, and it's a really fun movie, and it seems like it would have been fun to work on. Well, apparently not, because I posted something along the lines of... Hey, John Cusack, why do you hate this film? Ha ha. Of course I was saying it tongue-in-cheek. I don't expect a big celebrity like John Cusack to read this stuff. Lo and behold, I guess he read it because High School Slumber Party is now blocked by John Cusack. Cusack, if you listen to this, I'm sorry. I apologize. I want to be back in your good graces. I love John Cusack. High Fidelity is one of my favorite films. I love this film. Say anything. We're going to be talking about Cusack a fair amount on this podcast, and I don't know, I'm kind of sad that he blocked us this early on. I do have faith in him. I think that he will return to the high school slumber party fold. So cross your fingers. If you guys want to shout him out and ask him to unblock me, that would be great. But if you don't want to get in trouble from Cusack, I totally understand. So unfortunately, no one succeeded in getting John Cusack to unblock us. But you know what? I've decided to live and let live, forgive John Cusack for his sins against High School Slumber Party, and forgive you guys for not getting him to unblock us. It's okay. Water under the bridge. A lot of people have written to me, and even some of my guests have been like, this is just what he does. You can't take it personal, and I'm not gonna anymore Consider this absolved. I will no longer assign you the John Cusack task because it is indeed a very, very, very hard one to accomplish. Forgive us, John Cusack, because we have forgiven you. Anyway, let's get down to business. I hope you packed your favorite jammies. Hope you told your mother you're sleeping at Brian's. Because we're about to get our freshman yearbook special on. And let's start with the first category. As you know, every class needs a class song. You'll have to remember it for graduation. Well, you're not graduating for another three years. That's if you guys graduate. But here were the nominees for class song. Top that from Teen Witch. You're the one that I want from Greece. You can't stop the beat from Hairspray. The theme to Promnite from Promnite. I wonder why Peggy Sue got married. One Way Love by E.G. Daly in Better Off Dead. And a write-in, Dancing in September, by Cisco and Vitamin C, from the film Get Over It. And the winner was... Come on, how could any song really top that? Top that, from the film Teen Witch.
I'm king, and they know it. When I snap my fingers, everybody says sure. I'm hot, and you're not. But if you want to hang with me, I'll give it one shot. Top that. Okay. No, I'm not in the mood. <laughs> oh my god. You can dream until you blue, but you will never top that. Let's go back the other way. No, just go up and talk to him. Are you kidding? I'm so embarrassed. Look at how funky he is. I will never be hip. I'm hot, and you're not. But if you want to hang with me, I'll give it one shot. Top that. Top that. You can do all that you can, but you'll never top that. Top that. So top that. <laughs> So the time now has come for us to announce the rest of the winners of the freshman yearbook superlatives. This is big, guys. So I decided to call in one of the big <laughs> guns. Maybe the biggest gun in the Cage Club universe. Joining us now, wearing his jammies, with his slumber bag in tow, is the godfather of the Cage Club podcast network himself, host of a million shows here, Joey Lewandowski. Joey, how you been? I have been very well. Didn't we just do this, didn't I? Wasn't I just on about Booksmart? Isn't that still on theaters? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Still well, I am back already. And nominated for a lot of categories today. Well, I am eager to share my thoughts on what should win and get mad at what did win. <laughs> so you just missed what won our class song, our freshman year class song. That was Top That from Teen Witch. Did you have a favorite in that category? Just a reminder, the ones that were nominated were You're the One That I Want by Grease, You Can't Stop the Beat in Hairspray, Prom Night, the theme to Prom Night, I Wonder Why, Peggy Sue Got Married, One Way Love, Better Off Dead, and someone wrote in Dancing in September from the film Get Over It. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I do love Top That because it is a crowning achievement in that film. I love You're the One That I Want because that is an I iconic <laughs> song in a, in a movie like that. You know, I love Zack Attack. You know, I have the Zack Attack podcast, Joe, too, and I went through all of Zack Efron's movies, so I love You Can't Stop the Beat. But, you know, I had to go with my guy, Nicolas Cage, you know, Charlie Bodell singing I Wonder Why, devastated that it lost. That's a good choice. I think this was a strong category, but, man, I couldn't get over top that. Like, I've this podcast exposed me to top that, so... Oh, also, sorry, One. One Way Love is by E.G. Daly, right? You know, who... The foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried, has professed his love for her multiple times on the show. I am likewise 
you know, enamored by her. So, I mean, that's another great option. Yeah. I haven't seen, and I will not see, the original Prom Night. I've only seen the second one <laughs> twice now. But the other ones, I mean, there's no there's no loser here, I think, unless, you know, it's Prom Night. But even then, you know, how can you... Is, is that a disco song, or is that not a disco song? Yeah, it's a disco song. It goes, prom okay, cool. Night. I played it in the like, several times. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, man. No, and there's a lot of good music. The thing about high school films is, like... They let often integrate music or bands at parties or bands at prom, so competitive category and you know, top that maybe not the best song here, probably the worst song, but this is about favorites, guys, and for your freshman year, you want to top that to be your class song. Learn the lyrics, be prepared to sing it at the end of the year at the assembly, because that's what we're doing. <laughs> All right, our next category, though. I actually do want to just start real quick. i got to pump the brakes here, literally pump the brakes. Too Fast, Too Forever. Tokyo Drift has a great soundtrack. It's got a song that has the words, I wonder if they know. I wonder if you know how they live in Tokyo. You, You quoted it on your show, I think. That's got a whole fantastic soundtrack not even nominated there was a second tier that i had to cut that was on there um mm. actually the one that uh, someone suggested here dancing of september the cisco version from get over it was on here um, oh that song the iconic song and i'm not gonna do this for every category i'm just doing this because i have a lot of steam right now but that song in assassination nation when they're like i love this song yeah and they say what song this song and i don't remember what the song is but just like the <laughs> the needle drop of it is great. It's great. I thought of that one too. You know, they, they do a karaoke in eighth grade. There's a karaoke in Booksmart. There's mm-hmm. also an Alice Cooper song in Class of 1984 that I did with Mike Manzi. So there was a lot of songs to choose from. Very competitive category. Not all these categories I, I had all these choices for. So this was a tough one. And top that topped everything. Most artistic though. And this was a category I originally did not have. But Caragail O'Regan of another Cage Club Network podcast, Blissful Thinking, and she was also on the Amy Heckerling run of Cinemakers, suggested I put this in because she actually won Most Artistic at her high school, I believe. So I said, you know what? Why not? I'll I'll read you off the nominees and you tell me who you had favored in this category, or or handicap it. You can even tell me who you think is going to win. You know, let's just wing it here. This category kind of was created for this person. It was Kara's pick, and it was honestly my pick, Allison and the Breakfast Club. I just love Ali Sheedy. There's Seth in Superbad. Of course, he's the artist of many, 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 many a penis. Greg from Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. Sorry, Greg and Earl. I don't want to not credit Earl. Greg and Earl from Me and Earl and the Dying Girl for making very bad movies. Chainsaw and Dave for their effects work in summer school. And just the drama club in Booksmart. So who who did you favor in this category? Who did you want to win? You know, my favorite movie in the in here i know that's not the question but my favorite movie in here is Booksmart, and i love the drama club there i voted for chainsaw and dave i think that they in a movie that surprised me by how much i liked it i think that they were great i think that the idea of having them in the movie was great like i think everything about those characters was great i'm assuming they did not win because i don't know that many people if people who just casually voted on this have not seen all the movies i feel like probably summer school is one of your least seen movies just because it's sort of older and kind of a little bit more hidden so i can't imagine that they got too many votes but i would be overjoyed if they won you are actually let's see the only person who voted for that <laughs> no 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 it did get it did get some votes but the winner and it was a close one but the winner was actually a movie you told me you didn't enjoy too much or you were a little disappointed by that would be greg and earl 
and me Earl and the dying girl, which me I was and really you gotta, surprised. You gotta, you gotta get the name. You gotta get the name right one of these times, Brian. Me, it's me and, and Earl. Earl. You corrected your. You corrected yourself. The only reason I'm correcting you is because you corrected yourself. <laughs> me and Earl and the dying girl. I forget that other and. Yes, me I'm, and Earl and the dying girl. Greg and Earl. A lot of ands there. That's the one that won. I was kind of surprised, but Seth from Superbad actually almost won with his penis drawings. That was that was the second place, and Allison from The Breakfast Club also had a fair amount of votes. Okay. But I was really surprised, because that's not a very popular movie, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. I will take a symbolic victory, because I think I recommended them when you were looking for nominations for this category. I think I suggested them, so even though I didn't like the movie, I will take the, the slight victory here in that regard. Now, this was a movie that um, our Australian friend... Shawnee Mead had really wanted to do. She enjoyed the movie. I did enjoy the movie, but while talking about it, she had a, uh, you know, she, she got a really emotional. She almost started to cry. Let's bring it down a little bit and play the clip where we're discussing the final movie that Greg and Earl play for The Dying Girl, I suppose. <laughs> and me, Earl, and the dying girl. As the limo pulls up, you hear music and it kind of looks like the front of a school. And then all of a sudden, an ambulance drives past and then you. Yeah, it's the hospital. Know. <laughs> um, that weird thing happening, but yeah, and you know he goes up, and it's uh, Rachel's there, and she's obviously very, mm-hmm. very sick, and he screens the movie for her. Okay. Um, before we watch this, I'm sorry it took so long to make, but the reason is, just couldn't figure out how to get it to not suck. But never really did figure it out. It still sucks. And um, it's uh, it's not exactly what I wanted to say to you. But whatever. Let's just watch this first, okay? this in the trivia as well that this was this movie was completely the director's choice apparently the movie in the book mm. is not as abstract but he pulled yeah. from like i mean you see him like look for influences around the city and some of it's like warhol stuff and some of it's you know some other stuff mm. and the director thought that at this point especially for a film it would be good like they're, they're they've been so literal with their films that it would be good to have something artistic and inexpensive. Yeah, and I think it sort of also makes sense because they've obviously just been really struggling to come up with something that sums up what they feel about Rachel, so they're just trying anything. So really it just, that's why you get this weird mishmash. And I think that's why they took all winter and didn't do any work because they just were completely at a loss as to how to make this film. And it definitely seems like that because the film is a bit all over the place. But I feel like for that scene... The film being like that works because there's no dialogue. Actually, the rest of the scene, there isn't any dialogue either. It's just the music kind of gets a lot louder and you just have Rachel and Greg just laying together in a hospital bed and she doesn't say anything. He doesn't say anything. It's just that bit always, I always start crying from about this point of the film because <laughs> it's just, it's, and then she's watching the film and she starts yeah. crying and she's laughing and you can tell it just, it might not have been what they wanted, but she kind of, she gets it. 
I guess, that what they were trying to say and what she means to them. <laughs> I think I'm even tearing up right now. <laughs> I'm not even watching the film. Now, you know, after that, why don't we bring a little bit of levity into the conversation? Let's talk about Class Clown. And I was torn on this one. I was even torn on who to nominate. But here were the nominees. There's two from Greece. Kaniki from Greece and Jan, because I guess she was the most comical of her group. The, of the Pink Ladies. The Pink Ladies. You have Stoney from Encino Man, played by Pauly Shore. Seth from Superbad. Kenny Fisher from Can't Hardly Wait, Seth Green. Serial Killer, played by Matthew Lillard in Hackers. And someone wrote in Rhett from Teen Witch, who's, you know, the other guy in the top that rap, <laughs> which I thought was funny. <laughs> so the write-in only got one vote there. Um, who'd you vote for in this category, or who did you who do you think's going to win? What's your I feeling on the class rem- clown category? I honestly don't remember because, and I don't, I don't mean to insult you, Brian, I hate these. I hate these nominees. Not a fan. I, I love the category. Love the player. Hate the game or whatever. I don't know what the actual saying is, but I love the category. Hate all six. No, I don't hate all six of these, but like I hate some of them. Seth Green. Like the reason I turned off Can't Hardly Wait when I was rewatching it recently was because I was like, oh, Seth Green is so awkward. I don't like this. So I turned him oh, off. You missed out because his character has the most development in the entire film. Especially considering in that episode you were talking about how no one really or a lot of people don't really change. You know, oh, also, for the record, Peter Fascinelli, the guy who is the main guy who dumps his girlfriend, tries to get all of his friends to dump his girlfriends, yeah. dump their girlfriends, he is from Nurse Jackie. Oh, okay, cool. Actually, someone this week shouted out another thing. He's a Queens guy, and he actually went to their high school to speak in high school. I'm like, damn, I wish I knew that before I recorded. So, getting a so lot I'm of P- Peter Fascinelli facts these days. I think a lot of the Nurse Jackie people were New York people, like ah, gotcha. uh, Adam Ferrara is a New York person. I think probably Edie Falco is a New York person. Anna Devere Smith, uh, who was on that show, came to speak at Ramapo. She was speaking to the theater class, and I brought my copy of Nurse Jackie. This, I, I went, here's here's how like much I liked that show. I went to Best Buy, and I bought the first season on Blu-ray, because I knew that I was going to meet her. And I went up to her, and I was just like, hey, that was great. I'm not here. I'm not part of the theater group. I came here because I liked you on the show. You know, it, would you mind signing this? And she could not give a shit about this show. Really? And she was on for like six years. Like she was just like all about the craft and all about like. And I'm not, this isn't me really like shit talking her. This is me just like disappointed that like this interaction did not go well. But I was like, you know, very meekly sort of, you know, just like, hey, you know, I love the show. I love you with this whatever the plot line was. She's like, oh yeah, that was fun. I was just like, wow. Oh, but. Peter Fascinelli, uh, very charming on that show. Sort of starts out kind of a weirdo, and then, you know, becomes more normal. Good to know. I think I voted for probably Jan in Greece. I think the the tough thing here, and this is maybe a a favorite situation from the Oscars this year, I feel like two Greece might split that a little bit. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to to vote for one of them from the movie. I went with Jan, but I think it's, it's it's a tight, you know, my allegiances were torn. Well, Joey, you would have gotten it right then, because Jan, to my surprise, actually won this vote. And she was like kind of a last-minute entry. I was trying to think of other people to put in, uh-huh. so I get it, I also though. think that the picture you chose for her is a great one. Like, it's, it's kind of the silliest of the six. <laughs> brusha, brusha, brusha. And if you remember, Joey, uh, my Grease episode was the first ever crossover I've done on High School Slumber Party, and that was with the aforementioned Cara Regan. Mm-hmm. And, of course... And Jordan. Jordan. Of 
from Wistful Thinking, and we uh-huh. had a blast doing that. They did part one, I did part two, but I feel like they integrate so well. You could listen to either, you could listen to both. It was so much, so much fun doing that crossover. And one of my favorite parts is when we played Fuck, Mary Kill, or Make a Craft with the cast of Grease. Oh, with the characters. One more game I want to play. You guys mentioned it. Fuck, Mary Kill. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, so we have Can to kill give... Danny, obviously. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you have to be given three. Oh. Okay, that's true. It that's makes it harder right. when someone else chooses them for you. Like, kill Danny, obviously. Okay, okay. no. Okay, Jordan, you give it to Kara. Kara, you okay. give it to me, and I'll give it to Jordan. We'll try oh, I heard this. a really nice version of this recently that what? was like a fourth thing, and I don't remember what the fourth thing was, but it was nice. Like okay. what? Make a gift? Make a craft for them? Like <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Okay, I'm gonna add it. I'm gonna add oh, it. Oh yeah, and what okay. kind of craft would you make? Okay. No, not... Okay, very, whatever. This is very up my alley. Um, so you get four people then. You get okay. um, Kinnicky, Rizzo, okay. Sandy, the principal. It sounds like you're about to say more than four people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it sounded like you were about to say more than four people. I was. <laughs> Did you say it the was. four? Did right? I say four? I don't remember. Four, yeah. Okay, <laughs> I thought so. I thought so. Then I'm like, no, wait. yeah, that was only okay, three in sorry. my head. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Kaniki. You said. Yep. Rizzo. Yep. Sandy. Yep. And the principal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I obviously would make a craft for the principal. Okay. <laughs> okay. What craft? Oh, Brian, you said the next time that I came on your show, you wanted to hear about some of the, some more about the weird things that I did in high school because I said I was a real weirdo. Here's one, um, and I would maybe make this for the principal when uh, my like senior AP English class, I think we did Oedipus Rex, and I was super far behind because I was really sick that semester and like didn't do a ton of homework, and so. Uh, my teacher let me do like a creative project for extra credit and so I built a, uh, a head um, and out of like uh, papier mache which is different than paper mache uh, <laughs> it's like paper pulp that you add water to and then it hardens as opposed to paper mache which is like you have pieces of paper and you dip them in glue and you stick them to things anyway uh, made this head and uh, took some tissue paper and dyed it red and had that coming out of the eye sockets and then <laughs> took some uh, what? <laughs> I can't believe I did this I uh, took some um, oh god what are those things called oh can't think of the word what for is it? a popsicle War? stick okay. popsicle stick broke it in half and like turned them into little gold pins and then stuck it in the eye sockets <laughs> and uh my teacher fucking loved it and he kept it on his desk for a really long time um, wow so that's the, a fun craft yeah i was gonna say for the principal that's that's uh, that's what you're gonna give the grease principal yeah <laughs> i can't believe i did that but anyway um so that would be my craft uh <laughs> Or maybe I would make her, like, an apple that she could, like, put 
pens in or something. I'm telling you right now, yeah, my craft does not have a backstory, no matter who I'm giving it to. So. Oh. <laughs> That's unfortunate. All crafts <laughs> should have backstories. Um, okay, so then I have Kaniki, Rizzo, and Sandy. Fuck, Mary, kill. I don't know. This is a tough one. <laughs> no, I did it on purpose that way. <laughs> okay, so I would kill Kaniki. Okay. Fuck Sandy and Mary Rizzo because she seems like she'd be fun to hang out with. Okay. You know, for all eternity. I dig that Whatever. one. Yeah. Okay, so now Carrie, you have to ask. Okay. We're doing four people, right? Yes. I, hang on. I have to look at the character list. <laughs> I, like, I'm not going to remember. <laughs> we'll, we'll do your boy Knicky. Nice. Um, Let me write this in. Knicky. Marty. Oh, <laughs> who's that? So funny. Marty, Marty, Marty right? Yeah. <laughs> the girl that gets hit on by the oh, pedophile right, right, right. dance. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Frankie Avalon. <laughs> Frank, that's a good one. <laughs> and I'm tempted to throw all of Shanana in there, but I'm gonna go instead <laughs> with Cha Cha. Cha Cha. Okay. Wait. Fuck Mary. Kill. Make a craft. Fuck Mary. Kill. Make a craft. <laughs> I don't know who I want to kill here. I'm going to kill Frankie Avalon. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And take his money, you know. Also, like, what is he doing? Like, how dare he become Frenchie's guardian angel? Like, that's Mm -hmm. that's not, you know... I think I don't think it should have been played by a man like that and doling out advice about dropping out of beauty school. So, Frankie Avalon is dead. Um, Dead to me. Yes. I'm fucking Cha-Cha, because she has the moves, apparently, in this film. <laughs> um, let's see. I'm marrying Kaniki because I feel like I can change him. <laughs> Which one did I miss? I'll make a craft. I'll make a craft for Marty, because I don't like how that guy um, probably re- realistically makes her feel like the pedophile guy. So I'll make a craft to try to brighten her day, I suppose. I don't know. What would the craft be? What would the craft be? Oh, I'm not I'm not very crafty with traditional handcrafts. You can make her... Can I give you a suggestion? Sure. You can make her a scrapbook of all of the men that she's a pen pal with. Okay, that's that's good. I mean... <laughs> she already has one of those. It's Does not she? very fancy, No, she, that's her, like her wallet. No, I'm going know, to Michael's. Like, I'm finding like those little stickers that say, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Korea. Like some washi stuff. tape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love washi tape. You no, know, isn't it the best? That's a good uh, one. Really I like is. that one. Thanks for, thanks for the assist on that. Always here for it. Okay, I'm compiling my list quickly. It won't take that long. I just want to look up these people's names. Okay. Okay. Jordan, here's my list for you. I don't know her name. I couldn't find it, but I don't want to waste more of your time. Um, it, it's like that kind of hyper girl who convinces... I think she has a crush on Danny, but she... Oh, Patty Simcox. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Her, <laughs> Frenchie, the coach, and Craterface, leader of the Scorpions. <laughs> okay. Okay. Kill Craterface. Because <laughs> I think he's kind of mean. Mm, I agree. <laughs> I really want to make a craft for Patty Simcox. 
Oh, she would appreciate That's your craft. Exactly so much. why. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I That's also fair. think she's good for some other things. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I see where you're going with that. Okay, so I just don't want to fuck the coach. <laughs> but I don't know what else to do with him because I killed the crater face guy. <laughs> I mean, you can make a craft for him. You could make him something to You're put right. all his balls in. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to make a craft for the coach. Okay. And it's um it's like a it's like a collage though. Okay. It's like a collage of it's like a collage of all his like highest achieving athletes from over the years. <laughs> yeah, so he can hang I it think by that's really desk. nice. Yeah, and like what feel kind good. of frame would you? Put They're not in? a very winning school, so he could be he could hang it oh, in the yeah, trophy and case. Oh yeah, I think he's like trying pretty hard, and he he could feel good about himself. Mhm. Okay. Cool. Okay. What kind of frame would you put it in, though? Um, it's like. <laughs> It's like, no, that's not really a craft, though. You have to craft the frame, too. I just went to Michael's and got supplies. I think you can pick a frame. Well, I don't think it's... it's it. I don't think it's in a frame, actually. Okay. Ooh, do you know what my actual favorite thing to do is? And maybe this would be a fun activity. Is to um, take, like... um, They sell, like, paper dolls that are just mm-hmm. but they're not you know it's just the paper in the shape of a doll mm-hmm. and then i like to um cut out pieces from magazines and build people onto them oh that is fun um but so i wonder if i could do something like that except like with the faces of with all his sports. best athletes Ooh, that'd be cool and then kind of just like string them together you know yeah get yearbook photos of their faces yeah 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 exactly that's a good idea okay that's so yeah nice. it doesn't need a frame because it's different than that yeah, like one of those like paper doll garlands. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. Um, okay. So, uh, fuck Patty Simcox and Mary Frenchie. Yeah. That okay. Good. Cool. I like it. I like it. So, Joey, if you could be anyone in Greece, who would you be? Yeah, I'm going to go outside the box here, and I'm going to go Stephanie from Greece, too. I'm going to go Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Maybe I'll cover Greece, too, someday. It's. So here's so okay. Last summer when you guys did the Grease crossover, I watched both movies because I knew that I loved Grease too, and I, I was one. Of, Grease is one of those movies where I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen this whole thing, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Like it's one of those ones that has so permeated the culture that Absolutely. it feels like everyone has seen it, even if you haven't. You know what I mean? Like there's so much everyone knows about that movie. That I was like, I think I've seen this, but I don't know for sure. And I knew that I'd seen Grease 2, because uh, How's Get Made covered Grease 2. <laughs> and I loved it, because it was wacky, and it really had nothing to do with Grease 1, and it's just like this whole different thing altogether. And I admire that about it. So I watched Grease 1 and then Grease 2 back-to-back, and I was like, oh wait, Grease 1's like a masterpiece. You know, <laughs> weird things aside, Grease 2, not that great. I still do love Grease 2, though. Uh, I really, really do. I think Real Bad covered Grease 2 on the network. And I think so. I think Tobin and Nick on there were both talking about how they liked it. I think Tobin especially, or maybe they liked Michelle Pfeiffer, or they had a crush on the, her when they were younger. I don't remember. But Grease 2, beloved in my heart. I hope you cover it. I don't want to be on it. I just want to sort of cherish it from afar. But Grease 2, definitely worth talking about and giving up the respect that it deserves. 
Perhaps. I actually haven't seen it, so um, that's one I'm actually looking forward to. Oh, there are three or four like all-time great songs in that movie. Wow, wow. Definitely have to check it out. Now, Joey, this next category, I feel like this is one that's near and dear to your heart as one oh. of the hosts of Too Fast, Too Forever, which if, it's not 100% a car podcast because it's not 100% a car franchise, uh-huh. but it has, a, it has a car engine at its core, doesn't it? Of course. <laughs> and we drive like the wind blows. <laughs> this is the coolest car in the parking lot category. Now, here are the nominees, and I'm curious of what your pick was on this one. Now, you have Grease Lightning in Grease, of course, Twinkies Hulkmobile from The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, Christine from the film Christine. And that's the one I picked because I really, really liked Christine a lot more than I thought I would. So just wanted to give a little shout out to there. Walt Hickey was my guest on that one. That's a cool episode you guys should check out in the archives. But that was my pick. And then... Wait, you covered Christine? I thought you covered Carrie. (laughs) little inside baseball there. (laughs) (laughs) Ugh. You have Jared's car from Booksmart, which I thought was really, really cool. And Lane's car from Better Off Dead, the one he rebuilds with the French girl, and finally beats his arch nemesis, nemesis, whatever, in in the film Better Off Dead. So, Joey, what was your pick? So, I was, I was between two. I love the SS Lit as Fuck. I think it's great. <laughs> I think Jared's car from Booksmart is dumb as hell. I love Billy Lord, Gigi, just laying on it, lying on it. Just, not now, Jared. Um, I love that car. However, how can I not go with the Hulkmobile? It's Twinkie. You originally had suggested that I do Han's car, but then I realized I have to keep it to like high school characters' cars because Han's car should not be in the parking lot, even though he does lurk around the school a lot. (laughs) You also could have done the the Dodge Viper that Zachary Ty Bryan had. You could have done there's a there's a bunch of different cars, but I you know, whatever car you put in this category from Tokyo Drift, I had to vote for it. Tokyo Drift's Hulkmobile. That was mine. What one, Brian? I was actually very surprised at this outcome. The winner was Lane's car from Better Off Dead. Really? Huge shocker to me. Huge shocker. If we were if we were, you know, in Vegas setting odds, I would have said longest odds, like the worst odds, win the most money if you bet on that, because that feels like sort of objectively the worst of these nominees. <laughs> yeah, no, because Grease Lightning is obviously a specialty car. Hulk, the Hulk car for Twinkie, I mean, you're never going to see a car like that. Christine is alive, and Jared's car in Booksmart is awesome. Lane's car Also, is just, Booksmart's recent, you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like it's on people's mind. Lane's car is literally just, you know, I mean, it's a cool car, a car, don't get me wrong, but yeah. it's the most, and that one, it didn't win, like, barely. That one won in a landslide. 71% of voters voted for that what? car. Yeah. Get the fuck out I of here. I was shocked. And Christine and, and, and the Hulkmobile were the only other ones to get votes. Well, the Hulkmobile won 100% probably because of me, but, you know, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was shocked with this outcome. But, you know, Better Off Dead's near and dear to me. That was my first episode with uh, co-founder Michael Manzi and the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried. And, and I'm Kyle Reiner. <laughs> and we talk about uh, this car a bit and all, all the racing scenes in this film. So let's go back to that memory. Early high school slumber party. What we want to talk about right now is the racing brothers, I guess we'll call them. Truly a sight to be off. A man beat the once great champ. Now a study in mumpishness. 
No longer the victory-hungry stallion we've raced so many times before, but a pathetic, wash-up, aged ex-champion. All right, let's go! The, uh, the, the, I guess the whole drag racing and car element of this film. Yeah. Not as good as the Fast and Furious show on Cage Club, but we'll, we'll, discuss, <laughs> we'll discuss some street racing right now. I kind of know the answer to this question, but what do you guys uh, think of that whole angle of, of Lane at first racing in his like, parents' station wagon, and then later in like, a cool car against these two uh, brothers, one who doesn't speak English and one who learned English from wild, Wide World of Sports with Howard Cosell? Oh, no, not now. <sighs> what do they want? They want to race. Lane Meyer, the kid from Green Bay. See, here's a good example. Two brothers, one speaks no English, the other learned how to speak English from watching the wide world of sports. So you tell me, which is better, speaking no English at all or speaking Howard Cosell? The chances seem slim that this once great has the nerve. To win that he once had you must obey the proper speed limits. A car a is not a toy. We're taking you guys! That's a close race! Meyer takes the lead! That's gonna go in Meyer's fight! You're exceeding the speed limit. Lane Meyer, slow down! <laughs> Um, look, like, I don't know if this, there's nothing politically correct about this, perhaps, but, but it's one of the fucking best parts of this movie might be my favorite part of this movie just the idea that the just mostly it's the howard cosell impression i think is just that they pull up alongside him and they just go right into it again it's like the movie there's there's been like movies before this movie you know what i'm saying like this feels like a part three almost of better off dead where like you instantly get in this moment like all this history all of this world building uh and that they're gonna reoccur like several times and there's gonna be a whole arc between them and everything uh but i did, i just love how we get a lot about lane and his personality through the other characters in the film like these guys like how they refer to him as a once like great you know racer who is now like fallen from grace and all this <laughs> stuff like you know and they're, they're, they're really champion. well equi- <laughs> yeah they're well equipped and he's putting on Down like on dishwashing block. gloves and like yeah. welding goggles and and then he's putting on real street racing gloves like i don't i don't know where this comes from but um my one of my brothers growing up had a white camaro much like lane's black camaro and I'm sure he raced it with his high school friends too, like on the way to and from school as well. But it's just like it again, it's just one of those like Simpsons esque moments that is just irreverent and and strange and surreal, but again is just like feels like genuine and honest and so like I don't feel like they're making fun of anything here. I feel like it's all uh everyone's in on the joke. You were so young then. I was. I was a youth. 
I was a young, naive freshman, I suppose, or I'm a teacher. I don't know how this works anymore. Who knows? <laughs> the metaphor is very messy. I don't, know. <laughs> I, I don't understand. I think, best case, you're Miss Fine, who who mingles with students, but is still a teacher. Best case. Honestly, that is Fine. so true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, so we got another category coming up that uh, I think there's some interesting choices here. It was a category that was in my high school yearbook, but before we get to it, I wanted to take this time out to ask Joey, do you remember your high school yearbook at all? So I have my yearbook. It is, as I just showed you the picture, it is gigantic. Oh my because god. Because we had a very big high school. Our high school was like 3,000 people, graduating class of like 700. The flames on it. Whoa. Oh yeah, baby. It's something unpredictable. <laughs> on the cover of the yearbook. Wow. It's something unpredictable, but in the end, it's right. We hope you've had the time of your life. <laughs> and Oh, on the back. Oh, I got to show you this, man. Oh, well, I didn't introduce myself. 100 Central Regional High School, Class 2006, Go Red Devils. Perfect, perfect. And we have some evidence of the truly red devilness of this yearbook. I might re- oh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Post this. Okay. On the back cover. Oh my God. <laughs> I've never, I've never seen the back cover of this. I've owned this for 13 years now. I hope you have the time of your afterlife in hell. Jesus Christ. Right. This is like a death metal cover. Like it's crazy. I, this devil. Bananas. Bananas. Dude. Oh my God. I've. This is. This is like a. I don't care about the pictures, but now in the back, there's like a. Where were we in 2005, 2006? So it's like there's <laughs> pictures of Katrina. There's a whole page about, oh two boy. pages about Katrina. I don't That's the thing to remember. <laughs> um, rising gas prices, Middle East terror. Jesus, what kind of yearbook is this? Oh my God, Brian, this is incredible. We got the persons of the year, Bono, Bill Gates, and Melinda Gates. Uh, We've got, what else is here? All right, here's stuff that maybe more pertains to you. Uh, fashion, it's just, there's pictures of clothes and sandals. Ooh. Um, here we go, movies. Okay. King Kong, Star Wars Episode Three, <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Batman Begins, War of the Worlds, hashtag Cruise Club. Oh. Joaquin Phoenix in, wa- or, you know, in, in Walk the Line. Okay. Ooh, Ryan Gosling in The Notebook. Wait, no, that's Pride and Prejudice. Wait, what? That's Pride and Prejudice. I thought that was The Notebook. I think The Notebook's also this year, though. Wow. Harry Potter. I'm not too happy. Are there any movies here that you've covered? There's Lost, Green Day, again, all over the place. Jeez. Kanye. Man, this is wild. This is wild. (laughs) Steelers. Shout out Joe, too. But yeah, this is. Oh, Richard Pryor. Tom Cruise on the couch. There you go, Cruise Club. Jeez. Oh, man. (laughs) What a moment in time. (gasps) Kristen Cavallari. Nice. Wait, hold on. Sorry. This is this is all. You can cut all this out, or you can not. But do you know about Five Hundred Days of Kristen? No, I don't. So before Gawker went away, or before whoever bought Gawker bought Gawker, um, there was a site called Defamer, and I think it was just sort of pop culturey things. And this one writer said that she got a press release in her inbox that said, in about a year and a half, Kristen Cavallari of the Hills and of Laguna Beach fame is going to write, uh, release a book. And so this writer was like, I'm going to write a story about Kristen Cavallari every day for 500 days because it's going to be funny. And so she writes like 300 and something stories, 400 stories. Kristen Cavallari finally puts out the book. She sends an autographed copy to Allie Jones, this writer on Defamer, and says, thanks for the 400 days of free publicity. Love, Kristen. And I know so much stuff about Kristen Cavallari now. Uh, It is... 
irresponsible how much I know about Kristen Cavallari because I read every single one of those wow, books. Wow, that's impressive. I have to check that out. That's really funny. <laughs> I'm sure it still exists because, I mean, Defamer is gone and Gawker is gone, but uh, yeah. Okay, so I got this yearbook. I Sorry that I derailed this entire podcast, but what do you want me to look up? What, what am I looking up? So, no, first for? I was going to ask, yes. did you personally win any superlatives? No. I, again, unremarkable high school. I figured, I'm not I lying figured, to you. Because you say that it was unremarkable. I don't know if I 100% believe you, but if that's indeed the case, or if that's the the line you're towing, I'm assuming you're not even going to tell me if you won a superlative there, but uh, I'm assuming you didn't. Here's how unremarkable it is. I'm going to send you one more picture, Brian, just to give you a sense of like how little I did in high school. This is like our, I don't know what they're called, but it's like the, the what you want to like write in the bottom or whatever. I just said LAMP 3-4, which is the newspaper. I also didn't do it one of those years. Did Good luck, class of 2006. That's all I wrote. <laughs> like, I'm not kidding when I say I have nothing to report. Oh, my God. Jennifer L. Her thing is two columns. You can't release this, but I'll show you this. Actually, I mean, not that anybody, not that anybody cares. Hold on. Here's my picture. Why can't I release that? That's your year. I mean, you can. I guess. I, Joey, content, extracurricular content is great for podcasts. Truly. People will want to see... Joey just sent me his yearbook photo. I love it. You look so stoic. There's, there's, there's something eerie hidden behind that smile. I'm not <laughs> sure what it is. But y- you guys can check all these photos out. I'm going to repost them on... Oh, there's also a baby pictures picture or section, so I'm going to see if I can find mine. <laughs> I'm going to post them on Instagram. I'm going to post them on our Twitter. Maybe our Facebook. But check out our social media, High School Slumber Party. Doing it for the gram. <laughs> I'll let you do it if you if you post my baby picture with it. Okay, I'll post your baby picture with it. <laughs> but I won no superlatives. There are superlatives. Like, we have them. I yeah. remember voting on them. And it's a weird thing, because I feel like the people who are on the yearbook, who are on the club, in the club, are always, like, the popular kids who just want to do the yearbook about them. So, of like, course. there's the pages of just, like, hey, like, these are the, you know, this is a representative sample of who's cool in our school well, or whatever. It's just all their friends. The yearbook committee is a very powerful committee. Very powerful committee. I wonder who did it. I guess I could probably find that too. While you're looking for the baby photo, I, I kind of and don't give me don't don't give me last names, but can can you find out if you had best couple, who won oh, best yeah. couple? I bet it's and then show me the photo. I bet it's Kate and someone. So here here's here's what I got. Okay, uh, class athletes, most individualistic, class artists. Most likely to succeed. I know both of them. Friendliest. <laughs> class flirts. Most talkative. Best looking. Which, if that's... Whew, class actors. Okay. Class optimists. Class pessimists. <laughs> most unforgettable. Guess what? Never knew one and forgot the other. Most school spirit. Class couple. Yes, Kate and Justin. Kate and Justin, so you're right. Now I have to ask. I wonder if they're still together or not. i got to find That's that out. That's exactly what I was going to ask you. Are they still together? Because it might give us hope for our contestants here, for our freshman year superlatives. Let's see here. So there's the picture. Nice. I'm not reposting that, obviously, for No, that's fine. She was really pretty. They look happy in that photo. Oh, I got some, uh, some devastating news. What? Found her on Facebook. Not together. Married. Not the name. Oh. Oh, wow. Oh, well, she looks like she has a beautiful family anyway. So Yeah, doesn't she? G- good job, Kate, either way. But they didn't last. 
I don't know if some of these couples will last or, or won't last, but let's see who was nominated for Best Couple. So here are the nominees. That's the class couple girl as a, as a baby. <laughs> okay. I still haven't found me, but I found her. Here are the nominees. Laura Jean and Peter Kavinsky and To All the Boys I Loved Before. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to stop right there. That's who I voted for. And that's, in my opinion, who should win. That's who on. should win, but not who I wanted to win. I wanted this next, this next couple to win. Tammy and the T-Rex <laughs> from Tammy and the T-Rex. I know there's no chance they won. I just thought that would be hilarious. <laughs> Paul Walker, you know. But you have some Love other it. competitive couples here. You have Danny and Sandy from Greece, Sam and Jake Ryan from Sixteen Candles, Sean and Neela from the Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. And Which we have, I'm going to say, not a great couple. Not a great couple, no. They're also not really a couple. They're barely a couple. They're a couple at the end, so. <laughs> and then we had a write-in, which was Willow Dean and Bo from Dumplin'. Okay, but you know where I stand. Peter Kravinsky all day. And guess what? The slumbers stand with you, Joey. In a closer Hell vote yeah. than I thought, but still, still a landslide. 43% of the vote. Laura Jean Oof. and Peter Kavinsky. To all the boys I loved before. Peter, whoa, 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 Kavinsky. And, of course, we had the great Jenna Guillem on that day for when we talked about To All the Boys I Loved Before. And, as did I, but she could not get enough of Peter Kavinsky and all his glory <laughs> and all his magic. Um, so, you, you mentioned Peter. Um, P- mm. Noah Centeno? Centeno? Yeah, that's okay. yeah. yeah. I'm so bad at these last names. But, he, <laughs> it's like I, you know when you read something, like, for, for forever, and, like, you never just say it out loud? <laughs> yeah. That's me with these, like, names. But yeah. he's, yeah, he's become, like, an internet darling, obviously. Um, yeah, he's the internet's new boyfriend. <laughs> what did you think of his performance in this film? I thought he was great. He was... So charming, so endearing, and, like, he really he has so much charisma. Um, and he's very dreamy to look at as well, which helps. But, like, he is totally, like, the way he performs the character felt very natural. Um, and, like, there's all the little touches which, like, people have been going crazy over. Like, he mo- and apparently will improvise. Like, he has a pillow fight with her little sister and moves the popcorn out of the way before the pillow fight so it doesn't spill everywhere. And, you know, he, like, has his hand in her in Lara Jean's back pocket and he spins her around in this really cute little move. Apparently Noah improvised all of those and, like, um, I think people are kind of, like, blurring, blurring the lines of feeling like he is like Peter Kaminsky in real life, which I think there's probably definitely a lot of him in there. I think one of the great things about Peter as well is that he totally respects her boundaries and he lets her, like, you know, he clearly, very clearly wants to kiss her, but he doesn't and try to um, after that initial kiss when she's like, no, no more kissing until she then approaches him. And um, I think that's what people have, make people spoon so much as well over that scene is like they're finally kissing, but like he totally lets Lara Jean kind of take the lead on it. What a concept, huh? What a concept. <laughs> yeah. It's such a small moment, but it's significant to see like this um, kind of masculine jock character saying, no, like physical intimacy intimacy is tied with emotional intimacy to me yeah i mean it's 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 what makes it like you said it's what's making peter the internet darling right now yes and and it's a well-deserved one so he's great (laughs) and you know what i can't blame her he was like super cool and they actually you know they they were faking being a couple and ended up being a real couple 
and I thought it was awesome. That was one of the surprises of this podcast, that film, how, how just good it was. And, you know, one of the good high school films of this generation of high school films. Now, this category doesn't have such good movies, to be honest with you. Some are good, most are not. <laughs> this is the best makeover category. Now, here were the nominees. You ready, Joey? Go for it. I know you couldn't finish this film, but Jessica, a.k.a. Rob <laughs> Schneider, in The Hot Chick. Oh, another movie that I could... Uh, there's, there's been a handful that I have not been able to finish. I thought you were going to go to Kissing Booth here, but... Uh, no, Kissing Booth yeah, got no, no, shut another out. Another one, sure. Kissing Booth got shut out with nominations. I'm sorry, Kissing Booth fans. But, uh, so Jessica in The Hot Chick... Roxy and Jane in New York Minute, Dizzy from The New Guy, Allison in The Breakfast Club, which I thought might be popular, but not my pick because I did not approve of this makeover. There was Link in Encino Man and Louise in Teen Witch. Did you have a pick for this one, Joey? So here's what's tough. Like, you know, I think I'm of the mind with Kara that I like Allison before makeover as opposed to after makeover. I think her gothy is prettier than her. I mean, she's pretty both ways, but I think gothy kind of fits her better absolutely i think i went with louise even though the made over louise isn't is kind of less of a good character right like it's (laughs) she 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 sort of she has to get made over to like learn her lesson essentially right like it's she's it's not all about looks it's whatever it's on this was on the inside that counts but i still like louise the makeover because i feel like that's the kind of the movie where the movie sort of started to take off a little bit you know what i mean so breaking news brian here we go my baby picture very cute Joseph Lewandowski. That's me. I will be posting it as contractually obligated, but I would have posted it anyway. So, a live development on this podcast. I didn't shut the polls down while we started recording. Rookie move. And we had a huge change. I don't know if someone's been stacking the ballot right now. So, originally, the winner for this category was Link from Encino Man. And I, I have the clip queued up right here. So I'm going to play it anyway, because that was a really fun scene. I'm too sexy for my shirt. But that was second place. A um, couple things I want to talk about. So when I did The Breakfast Club, Kara was on. Kara Gallo-Regan from Wistful Thinking, another show mm-hmm. on the uh, Cage Club Podcast Network. Listen to those episodes, please. We talked about um, Ali Sheedy's makeover mm-hmm. in The Breakfast and, Club. Yeah. And, but she was saying how she had just seen... And Cena Man on TV, and like this was like a fun makeover scene for her. And I think it's interesting because usually you don't get guy makeover scenes. He needs a bath, big time. I'm too sexy for my love. Too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave. I love that. I'm too sexy. Yes. I'm too sexy. It's a great, appropriate use of it. Yeah. My favorite thing about that whole makeover scene is like. So they have him in like the tub, and they give him soap, and like it's not strong enough. So they go under the sink and get every chemical they yes. can think of, <laughs> and it's like like good for comedy. But really, it's just like this thing would just like melt your skin, burn his like, skin all off. the acid, and like yes, the random by the way, the random like white man caveman that was like yeah, under- the one caveman <laughs> happened to be yeah. So that was second place, though second place, first place, Joey, you got your wish. Louise from Teen Witch has pulled out ahead in the best makeover category. Love it. Love it. Wow. I'm really surprised here. So we're going to have to play the clip when we discuss the song The Most Popular Girl with, with Shawnee Mead from that episode.
Then there's some more rapping in that. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I forgot that. Oh my god. But yeah, she's walking along kind of by herself in like a dodgy looking area of town. I don't know, but they make it look fine because the music is boppy and but yeah, then there's Rhett and all his mates in a car. Or are they in two cars? I don't there's know. A co- there's a like couple cars there because they're like a bunch of men competing for her to get in the car. Yeah, so then they're like rapping, along, rapping at her, but it's a bit like, uh, no, you're actually catcalling me. <laughs> <laughs> That's not part of being popular. I don't want this. I just want people to like me. I don't want all the guys in the school rapping at me and trying to go out with me. And I, I don't want that. I want to be the most popular girl. <laughs> oh, that, that's a movie with such silly, silly music. I love it. Wow. So we're getting some late developments here. Who knows what other things might change since I looked at it before. Ooh. Did you close the poll now or is it still open? It's still technically open, but I don't think we're going to get that many changes now. Okay. Don't, you don't change it, Joey, as we speak, please. I will not. So actually, our next category just also recently changed. I guess you people are procrastinators, but you're still getting your homework in. I love it. And it's for most athletic. Now, our nominees were Lane Meyer from Better Off Dead, Charlie Conway from D3 The Mighty Ducks, Andrew from The Breakfast Club, Bliss Cavender from Whip It, and Odin James from O. And I'll tell you what, my pick was Bliss Cavender from Whip It. So was mine. I loved, loved mm-hmm. doing that episode with Queen Elizabeth II of Suburbia Roller Derby. She was kind enough to invite us, Joey, to one of her roller derby bouts, and that was such a fun time. That was so much fun. And so that was, that was my pick right there. But the voting showed a different story. So up to an hour ago, the winner, and I'm still going to play this clip too because... I really liked this episode, and it was was one of my most popular episodes. The winner an hour ago was Charlie Conway from D3 The Mighty Ducks. And that was a fun episode because we had my friend Chris Carroll on, huge hockey fan. We talked Mighty Ducks, and we talked a little bit about Charlie Conway's brattiness in this film and the crushes he has in the girls. And, you know, I don't know if he's the biggest jock, but he's certainly, you know, a, a popular hero here. So some other notes I have on this film is... <laughs> When Charlie's talking to that, like, the girl, the girl he's interested in, the the really, like, cutesy, like, you know what I mean? She's like, oh, I'm into protests and stuff. He's like, oh, what are you into? She's like, you know, music. He's like, me too. What are you into? She's like, Pantera. And then he's like, me too. Now you try. I'm Linda. I don't like it here either. And Pizza? I like pizza. Music. Of course I like music. I like Pantera. No way! I love Pantera. She does not seem like a Pantera fan. I've got more friends like you. What do I do? Is there no snack in any What it takes? Who I am? No, she's definitely not a Pantera fan. She would probably like Dave Matthews' band. For you, for me, come crashing to me. Yeah, yeah, some, some like granola, earthy kind of thing. Yeah. like Or like a jam band. When she said Pantera, I was like, that is... Okay, <laughs> that's yeah, surprising. They, they they just picked anything. I, it's like, yeah, I don't I don't know where they were going with that one, but that was definitely not good writing. <laughs> Charlie has like a, a Kurt Cobain feel. He's wearing like flannels yeah. the whole time. He's got the plaids. Yeah, <laughs> it's very nineties, 
doesn't. I don't know. I mean, he, maybe he's. I mean, I don't know. Do you think Charlie would be into Pantera? I could see it. I, <laughs> him is definitely ex. more than her. Yes. <laughs> Are you a Pantera fan? No, I'm not a huge Pantera fan. I respect what they do, but I've never really listened to much of their music. I don't know enough of Pantera, but I'm pretty sure that girl would not be a Pantera fan. It just doesn't no, seem no, like no it. No, no way. <laughs> Pantera fans like like circle pits and punching people in the face. She's trying to get rid of uh, like offensive names. So... <laughs> Definitely not a Pantera fan. I mean, Pantera fans, please comment if you disagree with our assessment if that girl would be a Pantera fan. But in the last hour, and this is kind of shocking and very surprising to me because he kind of sucks at this sport, but the winner of Most Athletic is now Lane Meyer from Better Off Dead. Wow. All right. He's I don't agree. I mean, it's not Bliss, but still. He skied cool. the K-12. Bliss was third place. True. He skied the K-12. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's a kind of surprising one, but, you know, I like that movie, so. It is what it is. I guess going downhill on one ski was enough. Look at this! How am I supposed to live through this? All you got to do is go that way, really fast. If something gets in your way, turn! Now an important category here, Joey. One of the most, I guess, sought-after categories in any high school yearbook. Most likely to succeed. And to be honest with you, I had a lot of problems putting this category together. It was a little tough for me. But here goes. Sean Brumder from Orange County. Max Fisher from Rushmore. Molly from Booksmart. Brian from The Breakfast Club. And Jane from New York Minute. Did you have a pick here, Joey? This one's tough. I've seen, I think, I think I watched all of these. I watched Orange County when you guys, that was an early one you did, right? You yeah. and Kyle run that one? Back when you cared enough to watch the movies along with the episode. Yes, when I cared enough, because now I do not care about the show at all. <laughs> so I've seen that, I saw that like a year ago. I saw Rushmore a while back. I saw Breakfast Club a while back. I've never seen New York Minute, believe it or not. <laughs> but I had to go with, you know, recency effect in full effect. Molly from Booksmart. Now, Molly from Booksmart. And Max Fisher from Rushmore actually tied for second place. Wow, okay. The first place was Brian from The Breakfast Club. And, you know, he was a very smart guy, teased Mm -hmm. a bit. I kind of theorized that he might grow up to be a little bit of a Silicon Valley douche. (laughs) But who knows? Who knows? I know Kara and I had a good conversation about Brian and the pressures that he was going through at home. So I hope we overcame that. And actually is successful theoretically today. But um, I don't know if you remember Brian's thing. Oh, yeah. Uh. His is one of the most heartbreaking of all. And this is these are these scenes that really touch you, and they're so real. So yeah. Brian brought a gun to school because he was, you know, contemplating suicide, you know, because he felt a lot of pressure from home and for the grades. But he'd take shop class, and he wasn't getting mm-hmm. the grade he thought he would get in there. Because he thought he, he took it because he thought it would be easy. You don't understand. You don't... <sighs> You're not friends with the same kind of people that Annie and I are friends with. You know, you just don't understand the pressure that they can put on you. I don't understand what? You think I don't understand pressure, Claire? Well, fuck you! Fuck you! (laughs) You know why I'm here today? I'm here 
because Mr. Ryan found a gun in the locker. Why'd you have a gun in your locker? I tried. You pull a fucking trunk on, it's the light's supposed to go on. It didn't go on, I mean. What's the gun for, Brian? Just forget it. You brought it up, man. I can't have an F. I can't have it. I don't know my parents can have it. Even if I ace the rest of the semester, I'm still only a B. Everything's ruined for me. Brian. Brian. Consider my options, you know? No, killing yourself is not an option. Well, I didn't do it, did I? No, I don't think so. It was a handgun? That was a flare gun. Went off in my locker. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> yes, it is. So I spent a lot of time in the art room in high school, um, mm-hmm. and I had an independent study one year during an Art One class, and so there were a bunch of kids who signed up to take Art One because they were like, oh, I would like well, uh, color with crayons, and it like won't be hard, and <laughs> you know, whatever. And my art teacher uh, was a really like a real hard ass about that. She was like, no, this is like not going to be an easy class. So I was like really salty about kids who like sign up for something that they're not familiar with thinking it's going to be easy. But I do, I do empathize with his inability to make an elephant laugh or an elephant <laughs> lamp. What is an elephant lamp? I think it's just like the body of the lamp is in the oh. shape of an elephant. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure if there was like a special thing. Regardless, like as you know, it's such a heartbreaking story. Yeah. That doesn't forgive him. Bring- I know it ended up being a flare gun and that's kind of like the joke, but it doesn't like forgive him bringing like a gun to school. I, I-, I guess that wasn't as big of a thing back then. I'm not sure. Uh, 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 it certainly did not happen with the regularity that it does today. Yes. The unfortunate regularity, but it it's, it's something that, I mean, that happens today. Even if he was contemplating suicide, he's still probably suspended or at the or probably expelled. Even I would, I would think so. I would hope so. Like <laughs> bringing a gun to school, not cool. So our next category, I think this is a fun one. Most musical. You had a lot of musical films, as I mentioned before. Um, our nominees were Danny and Greece, Polly and Teen Witch. Uh, Dennis, a.k.a. Cisco from Get Over It, Tracy Turnblad from Hairspray, and the band Loveburger from Can't Hardly Wait. That was my choice because, ironically, they never actually play a song in the film. The whole film kind of revolves, not revolves around, but has them about to play songs. So, Joey, who is your pick? It's tough. You know, I'm a little sad. I understand why, because he's not in high school. A little sad that you snubbed Link Larkin from Hairspray. 
because, of course, that'd be an easy pick for me. Well, I also didn't want to do two hairspray picks. Sure, but he's also not in high school. He's an older kid. Although, you know, future years, you're going to have to throw in Troy Bolton. You're going to have to throw in Gabriela Montez. You're going to have to throw in Sharpay Evans. You know, it's going to be an entire <laughs> high school musical category down the road. I can't even do I remember like... all those. Do I know all those people's names off the top of my head? You bet your ass I do. <laughs> oh, can't wait till we cover high school musical. So, you know, I think this was sort of a process of elimination, honestly, for me. Gotcha. Um, can't hardly wait. Don't enjoy it. Get over it. Didn't like it. Already got over it. Tracy Turnblad, I understand why she's here. I understand why it's not Link Larkin. She's not my favorite part of the movie. Polly, I think, you know, I, I like Polly. I like Top That. I think it's great. But how can you not go with Danny? Like, he's just cool. Well, Joey, apparently the slumberers found a way not to go with Danny. What? Though he was a close second place, the winner was actually Tracy Turnblad from Hairspray. I mean, I, I guess it's a fair choice. She's very musical. She, <laughs> um, Kyle was actually on that episode with me, and we talked about that film and his, you know, his kind of love for for Hairspray. And we thought we thought uh, Tracy was cast pretty well in that adaptation. No one wants Tracy on it at first, but then like Edna, or I'm sorry, uh, Velma is the station manager, Michelle Pfeiffer, and then even like her boss at first is just like, "What's going on?" But right away people are loving everything about tracy and like her dad selling tracy things like merchandise she ends up joining the show yeah it's kind of like an open tryout yeah people like her yeah Um, she's got great dance moves and that's what like the show is about kids dancing and then some of them like link sings every once in a while link and uh, again i think it's weird that he still goes to high school because it seems like he has a lot on his plate link larkin yeah like that's the whole thing like so these kids must leave i don't know they get a permission slip to leave early every day so then they're missing <laughs> i guess because it seems like the show starts right after yeah school because they like have to run home to school i think this movie because i think we're, we're I know, well I, I think i know we're both a big fan of like world building and that's also what it, they did a really good job with good morning baltimore like she's walking along yeah. and you get a sense of the important locations mm-hmm. and stuff like that like right this is a movie that right away you 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 see the high school you see corny collins show you see like what you know like her house you see the hardy har har and that's just the, you know the important locations of the film so this next category might be my most controversial category and here's why it's called class creep it would never be in any yearbook and the nominees range in creepiness to very extreme levels. So we have Bender from The Breakfast Club. Definitely creepy. He's creepy to Molly Ringwald on that film. We have Kevin from We Need to Talk About Kevin, school shooter. Jeffrey Dahmer from My Friend Dahmer, murder in real life. Hard Harry from Pump Up the Volume. Joey, you were a big fan of Pump Up the Volume. Mike wasn't. He's creepy on a different level. I certainly wouldn't rank him with these guys, but, you know, that's my take. And then Farmer Ted, which is Anthony Michael Hall's character in 16 Candles, who, you know, hangs out with a passed-out woman, uh, takes pictures with her, tries to get Molly Ringwald's underwear successfully, if you will. So, creepy, but some of these people arguably creepier. Joey, who is your pick for class creep? This is a tough category. Yes. Because you have an actual serial killer, <laughs> you have a fictionalized serial killer, you've got someone who's not really, honestly, I don't think Hard Harry's a creep, I understand why he kind of fits in here, and then you have two kind of weirdo perverts, but still, on the grand scale of things, 
mild compared to, if only compared to, a literal and a figurative, <laughs> or literal, like an actual, real serial killer and a fictionalized serial killer, or, you know, a mass murderer. In that regard, I think I know who won, and I think I'm going to be furious in a second. <laughs> I voted for Kevin, I want to say, my si- when I sent this to my sister, who I don't think listens to the podcast, I don't think my sister's heard a minute of any podcast we've done, <laughs> which is totally understandable. Do not re- do not begrudge her at all. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invite her on my show to be a guest. Go for it. She said, how can you not vote Jeffrey Dahmer? He's literally Jeffrey Dahmer. And I was like, that's fair. I said, well, Kevin is a school shooter. I went with Kevin because that movie, like, my friend Dahmer, I think, is an okay movie. I think we need to talk about Kevin is a great movie that I never want to watch again. <laughs> but I feel like the creepiness of the portrayal and the character in that movie sets him apart from Dahmer. I agree, I agree. And honestly, I would have picked Kevin in this category, too. But we are... Both... Wait, did you vote? Did you cast your own ballot? I actually did not. I, the oh, big mistake. I didn't want to I didn't want to vote. For, I voted for the Hoffman ones. I didn't want to vote for this one. I didn't want to alter it. I wanted to get the, the pulse of the people, you know. So, the winner was... Bender from The Breakfast Club. So you slumberers out there... Terrible. Terrible. Bender shame, is creepier than a... Shame on all of you. <laughs> creepier than an actual serial killer and a fictitious, you know, school shooter. That's that's kind of crazy. I get it, though. Bender is a creep in that film, and I know certainly Kara agreed when we talked about it on The Breakfast Club. I don't know if she thinks currently that he's creepier than Jeffrey Dahmer, but... At least at the time when we were only talking about The Breakfast Club, we did discuss his creepy side. And my other note on that is apparently Judd Nelson and John Hughes hated each other on set and got into many, 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 many fights because Judd Nelson was in character as a sexual harassing asshole the entire time. What a horrible... (laughs) I hate him in this movie so much. He's so horrible the whole time. It's really stressing me out. <laughs> and that's kind of, I don't want to say it's the theme of The Breakfast Club, but it's kind of like this weird thing, right? He's like an unlikable asshole. And at least, you, it doesn't forgive it, but you see, like, you know, he doesn't have a great at-home life. Yeah. But then, like, he gets the girl in the end, and we end with an image of him. Like, yeah, you know, like, he's like the ultimate winner yeah. for being a dick, well, dick the entire time. Well, it's, like, fairly clear to me that, like, that char- like that's the character that John Hughes, like, identifies with the most. Because he's basically, he's kind of the main character of this movie. There's no specifically one main character, but I think we see him more than we see anyone else. He certainly gets the lion's share of spoken lines. So, like, to me, it was just kind of, like, very clear that, like, that's his uh, stand-in in in this. It's it's weird because he definitely moves the plot. I'm not 100% sure that if he's not there in the world of this story... If they even, like, talk the entire time they're there. Yeah. And so I don't know if he's supposed to be, like, a hero because of that. But, it's not, again, it's definitely polarizing. You rarely also... A lot of people love this film, and I don't blame them, but you rarely hear people say, oh, I love The Breakfast Club because of John Bender. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, if you do, that's a red flag. <laughs> I'd say so. Away. <laughs> I'd say so. Oh, yeah, I'm the Bender here. Like, okay... <laughs> I I certainly had, like, shades of Bender in me, and again, I think we all kind of do, Um, definitely, like, more so as a teenager, but, like, he is just the fucking worst. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and that's one of the things when you rewatch The Breakfast Club, as much of a classic movie as it is, 
Bender maybe isn't as sympathetic as he used to be. But, you know, we still had a good time talking about that film. It's kind of a... Uh, has been controversial in recent years, but I think it still holds up better than a lot of high school films. Uh, and a lot of even John Hughes films, really. Now, Joey, I know you had a heavy favorite in this next category, and I think I'm with you. But let's see if we're on the same page, actually. So the category was Favorite Teacher, and the nominees were Mr. Bruner from The Edge of Seventeen, Freddie Shoup from Summer School, Ms. Cross, Rosemary Cross from Rushmore, Jim White from McFarland, USA, and Miss Fine from Booksmart. Joey, are we on the same page here or no? I want to say that I love Kevin Costner in most things. I did not see McFarland, USA because, you know, by that point I just straight up didn't care about your podcast anymore. So sorry about that. That's what I heard. Um, <laughs> I like Miss Fine. I don't know that Miss Fine. We talked about Miss Fine a lot on our Booksmart episode. Not sure that she's like a great character. I love. The Freddie Shoup character in Summer School. I don't really remember. I should have watched Rushmore again because I enjoy that movie. But I don't know how... Like, I think of all the characters... If you had, like, a power ranking of all the characters in all of your movies you've covered so far... Like, my number one overall... I don't... Don't hold me to this. But my number one overall, like, just coolest, best, most interesting, most unique character in any of the movies you covered might be Mr. Bruner from The Edge of Seventeen. Like, he's just so cool and real and well acted by Woody Harrelson and just great overall and I'm going to be very sad if he does not win because I love that character. Unfortunately, Joey, I'm about to disappoint you and it all I'm ha- about to leave this podcast, Ryan. <laughs> and it all happened in the last hour. And I want you to know, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the followers that you've called. <laughs> no, I love my slumbers and what they say goes. This is this isn't the teacher's yearbook, Joey. This, this We're is... going to fail them. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> summer school. Man, here, Brian, hear what? Mandatory summer school, all your listeners. I've been thinking about it. We're going to get that answer at the end of the episode. I've, I've been weighing the pros and cons here. But, Joey, if we are in the fictional high school and I'm just a teacher, you're certainly the principal. So I'm going to take your recommendation very strongly. We'll put it that way. <laughs> you better. But, you know, you're right, though. I loved him in The Edge of Seventeen, and you were actually my guest that day when we talked about it. So, you know, let's play a small clip from that episode, because I think it deserves mention, because I agree with you. He was an awesome character. Because I was feeling a lot of, like, well, all these stories have already been told. What can my perspective change things? But I kind of, like, this movie made me think, like, well, if you just do the freaking thing right, it's okay to kind of tell the same stories. It's just, you know do the thing well, and this movie just, like, does it. And when you have Woody Harrelson being maybe the best teacher that's ever graced a screen, like, it's, you, you, it doesn't matter what you give him, like, he's just crushing it in this movie. Look, I don't want to take up a ton of your time, but I'm going to kill myself. I just thought that someone should know. I don't really know how this works. I'm probably going to jump off uh, an overpass in front of a semi. So, or a U-Haul, maybe just on a bus. I'm not going to be a dick and make people watch, but it has to be big. It's got to be so big that it just, done, kills me, lights out. Because if it just maims me, and I'm like, well then, how is that good for anyone? Then I ought to find a nurse to smother me. How am I going to get across smothering if I'm... We don't need to get caught up in the minutiae. I just thought that an adult, so you should know. Wow, this is... uh... A lot to take in, Nadine. I I wish I knew what to say. Well, I was actually just drafting my own suicide note just now. 
Dear everybody, as some of you know, I have 32 fleeting minutes of happiness per school day during lunch, which has been eaten up again and again by the same especially badly dressed student. And I finally thought, you know what? I would rather have the dark, empty nothingness. I really would. It sounds relaxing. Have a nice life without me, fuckers. You are so gonna get fired when I actually do it. Well, not for sure, but I can dream. Yeah, and sometimes I, like... Sometimes I'm afraid Woody Harrelson's going to go into... And wh- when I say th- what I'm going to say right now, I do love a lot of these actors. But Jeff Goldblum, for example. Like, Jeff Goldblum... I- I'm a Jeff Goldblum fan. Yep. But now he's kind of, like, over Jeff Goldbluming. Like, it's not his <laughs> fault. But he's, like, everywhere now. Right. And and he's, like, a caricature of himself. I'm always afraid Woody Harrelson, because he's just so damn good in, like, these little parts, is going to sort of become that. I kind of felt that maybe happen after Zombieland and, th- and things like that. But, like Bill Murray, that's yes. a good example. He's like that too now, you know? I don't want Woody Harrelson to be put in that category because he's just, he's just so damn good. Like, there's no way around it. But he's really good in this. He's great in Three Billboards, which is a movie that I do not think is very good at all, but I think he's great in. I think that it's, it's easy for actors to fall into that hey, come be yourself on screen and we'll give you a hundred grand or a million dollars or however big the part is, but I think it's movies like this, like, just at the little ways, like, I forget, <laughs> at the end of the movie, you know, when she, uh, when Haley Seinfeld has her, like, breakdown moment and she goes to his house and he goes in, she's like, what is a baby doing? And she's like, oh, shit, how's that getting here? And it's like these little <laughs> reactions where it's like, oh, right, like, you're just amazingly comedically gifted but also just able to crush the dramatic parts too like you are like he's a teacher of both whatever class he's teaching history i guess history, uh, where yeah, he just puts in movies history. and walks away um or <laughs> just like i was also just like teaching her about life but also teaching us like you know you can you can still act like you can be a part that you've seen over and over again like that teacher that like gets you or whatever but he's able to do it in a way that really feels new and feels fresh and feels like somebody you've actually had in your life as opposed to like, oh yeah, that reminds me of that teacher in that movie that one time. But Joey, the actual winner was a movie I really did enjoy, and I did enjoy this character too, so I wasn't too disappointed. It's not like one of the ones that I was like, wow, did this person win, won this category. And that was actually Ms. Cross from Rushmore. Okay. Rewatching Rushmore, I thought it was awesome. I'm a Wes Anderson guy, and Kyle and I had a really, really fun episode talking about uh, <laughs> talking about Rushmore. And uh, there was a moment in that film when she kind of confronted Max to a point where it was like sh- truly showing her adulthood and the fact that he was still a child. And it was one of the better scenes in the movie. Rosemary makes a good point later where she's like, yeah. she kind of implies like, he's a kid, you know? Like, you went to war with a kid. <laughs> yeah, that, and then I... not love but like it was such an awkward scene and i i tried to imagine there's obviously a lot to talk about when it comes to teachers taking advantage of students but then specifically in the realm of like men thinking boys at the time and then even like being older and being like oh like a you know a boy with a female teacher is as bad as a male teacher with a female student, but nonetheless, it's taking advantage, you know, no, advantage of not, illegal and improper and immoral and all that. But uh, 
the awkwardness of Max going and she and uh, he goes to Guggenheim and he's going to show pictures of Rosemary with Herman, which I don't know how that would really get her in trouble. I understand that's a parent of like a ch- student, but like older, and that's not Ill- that's not like yeah, I don't know so, if that's illegal. Yeah, but she quit anyway, and he goes and Max goes into the room, and she then she just has that moment of like you know like what did you think it was get- were we gonna have sex and need any help. No, I have it. Oh, here, let me see. No, please, look, I don't think you should come in here. Look, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry I love your friend instead of you, but... Please, Max. You honestly believe you love Bloom instead of me? Yes. You'll have to forgive me if I don't take your word for that. Oh, stop. Miss Cross. Listen, if you don't stop, I'm going to lose it. I mean it. It's too late. It's too late. Oops. Wait, please. I got kicked out because of you. No, you got kicked out. Rushmore was my life. Now you are. No, I'm not. What do you really think is going to happen between us? Do you think we're going to have sex? That's a kind of cheap way to put it. Not if you've ever fucked before, it isn't. Oh my god. How would you describe it to your friends? Would you say that you'd fingered me? Or maybe I could give you a hand job. Would that put an end to all of this? That's a moment you realize, like, you know, for Max trying to be a more mature, you know, individual than he is, like, he's just put back into his, like, child, innocent place right then. Like, yeah. Not just, like, just, you know, he was just, he was in love in the sense of just, you know, like, fucking butterflies in a meadow versus, like, not, it wasn't over anything carnal. And, like, I can think of moments in high school where I had attractive teachers that I was very happy when they wore certain outfits certain days because <laughs> they were absolutely gorgeous and they made me happy. No, yeah, I know. And that, it's, like, weird, you know, that scene. And it's, like, first of all, I thought Max was, like, maybe being innocent and he was turning over a new leaf. But, no, he was, like, taking advantage of the situation yet again. Even then, later in the f- after that, he does the whole so weird. Number one, why would you let him in climbing up a ladder to your room, even if he was in an accident? And I love that. Even it's so theatrically like staged and lit, and the rain and the bike and the you know yeah. like, and then he has yeah. stage blood on his head. But he climbs up a ladder to her bedroom window, or her, actually, it was like her husband's childhood yeah. bedroom, and it's Creepy. twin bed. And right away, like if, when she but walks, she stays in, the, in there though. Was, yeah, and like he puts a cassette on and it's just uh, this movie has a lot of uncomfortable moments you know i don't think that this metaphor exactly or this analogy exactly lines up but you know how like on your other show p.s i love hoffman p.s i still love hoffman and i'm kyle reinfried <laughs> and i feel like aside from the fact that some of philip Seymour hoffman's best performances are in paul thomas anderson movies i feel like the kind of listener who wants to go deep on Hoffman's career, is also the same kind of listener who's going to be really interested in Paul Thomas Anderson's movies. If that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's like this very filmy, very, you know, studied, very specific 
type of movie, type of artist, so on and so forth. Does that make sense, kind of? Yeah. I feel like, and again, it doesn't quite line up because he didn't make a lot of high school movies, I feel like the kind of overall vibe you're sort of, in a way, cultivating here kind of lines up with Wes Anderson. Oh, I can other Anderson. That, yeah. yeah. And I think, generally speaking, movie, you know, nominees, like, I think just people who like high school movies and like the type of movies that you like, I think, and especially the way that you and Kyle talked about on that episode... I think are going to like Wes Anderson movies, and I feel like in a category where it's it's a, a tougher category or one they might not know who to vote for, I feel like having a category or character or a choice from Rushmore or like you know any other you know Wes Anderson movie, I feel like kind of lines up. And I know that analogy doesn't exactly you know line up hundred percent, but I feel like that's kind of that's the vibe I'm getting from both shows. No, that's a that's a good point. I mean, I don't think I've like thought of it that way, but I feel like there's more of a Wes Anderson vibe here. We'll say that, you know, that that's for sure. And, and I think you're right about that. But like I said, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed Olivia Williams' performance, so I'm not disappointed there. I kind of have a feeling from looking at the votes here, you might be disappointed also in our next category, Joey. But let's roll through it and let's oh, God see. damn it. <laughs> Biggest party animal. So our nominees were Stifler from American Pie. Now, this is one just kind of a sentimental thing right here, but Twinkie from the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. He has his model parties. Fogel, a.k.a. McLovin, from Superbad. Gigi from Booksmart, who was my choice because I love Gigi. That character was awesome. I'm just letting you know. And Stoney from Encino Man. So, okay. Remember that whole, like, little monologue that I just had about Woody Harrelson's character? Yes. I'm wrong. Um, if you ranked all the characters in all of your movies that you've done, number one with, that, with a bullet is Han, right? Han is just... The coolest. Han from Tokyo Drift. Not eligible here because he's yes. a high schooler, but coolest. Maybe if you had a best mentor category, he could have fallen in there. But, alas, I did not think of it. You did not think of it. It's fine. Also above Woody Harrelson would be Gigi. Probably number two. We did not stop talking about how much we love Gigi on the Booksmart episode. I'm getting the sense, based on how you intro this category, that she did not win. I'm going to be very mad if she did not win. <laughs> I'm going to be even more mad if Stifler or Stoney won. Please tell me if Gigi lost that she lost to Fogel. I think that Twink- like, Twinkie has no shot of winning. I understand that. <laughs> but if Gigi lost, please tell me she lost to McLovin and not to one of these other guys because I'm about to lose my mind, Brian. Unfortunately, Joey, oh, no! she lost to the... I guess breakout character from the American Pie franchise, oh, Stifler, in a Damn landslide. It. Not even close. She was second place, but in a landslide. Stifler won. Kyle, who is a fan of the American Pie franchise, was on my episode for American Pie. We talked a lot about Stifler and his impact on the series, so let's hear what he said. Now, arguably the breakout actor and character from this film, and you mentioned that he only got paid $8,000 to do this, was Sean William Scott playing Stifler. Yeah, he's the antithesis of, like, people I didn't like in high school, but man, did he, like, make me, like, crack up in this whole, like, franchise. Because, like, they're not the coolest group. Chris Klein, you could argue, would, like, be popular, but he's got, like, such, like, a softy heart. Yeah. And he's the closest, I would say, with Sean Lee and Scott. They do, like, uh, Stifler, sorry. They do, like, lacrosse together. Yeah, he's, that's why Stifler is, like, having the interactions that, like, he has with that group, because... Yeah, for sure. And I know you can relate to this, but there's so many times, like, 
The pecking order of high school is not decided really young. It's kind of decided as we grow up. I'm sure you had friends, because again, we grew up in different towns until we got to high school. I'm sure you had friends who, like, you were closer with in middle school, but once they hit that, like, puberty age, started to treat you like shit because they got popular. Yeah. You know, oh, definitely. I definitely had people like that in my life. Like, and unfortunately, also, shit. like, I mean, where we grew up, particularly Harrington Park, there was, like, a, uh, also, like, classism, too, unfortunately. So. Yeah, sometimes that happens. And when you're younger, you don't see it as much. And then, like, it starts to uh, filter in different ways, if that makes sense. And I feel like that's how this group is formed. A lot of people have said, oh, why would these people be friends? But I think it's, it feels like an old friendship. Yeah it's, yeah, it's just carried throughout the years, and we see that, like, they're different, but they still, like, they, they, they like goofing around. Like, it's all about, before Rookie of the Year gives his speech, and Chris <laughs> Klein is, like, they're doing the whole, like, Shaolin monk, you know, like, kung fu, joking around, like, voices and talk. You can just see that they're just, ner- he just ended up becoming a jock, and... Rookie of the Year has a girlfriend, and the one guy is into, <laughs> you know, like, more, like, fucking bourbon, and, you know... I don't know. Yeah. He's older than his age, and then Jim is just a loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the whole, like, thing with, like, he's, he's like, aroused by the Little Mermaid. So weird. <laughs> uh, so, Charlene Scott was 23. So, I mean, a little older, but... Yeah. He fit better as a college student in a road trip, which was not... That was just such... I mean, this. talk about a breakout role, because right away, he's just in so many movies. He's in Dude's... You know, Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah, and he's he's rather similar until, like, Road He's rather trip. similar in a lot of these movies, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Road Trip is just... it's. But he different. plays it great. He plays it great. Yeah. And Joey, I know while we were listening to that clip, you were pretty much seething. <laughs> we gotta show some more love for Gigi. I don't care. I'm speechless. I, I don't have words. I'm not... I'm angry. I wasn't, I wasn't saying that I'm not angry, but I'm angry. <laughs> I'm more disappointed. <laughs> I don't understand who these monsters are. Jesus. Who, th- these are my listeners, Joey. Who, who, who can watch American Pie and be like, that guy, and then watch Booksmart and be like, she's okay, but Stifler's better. <laughs> Look, Booksmart is still in the theaters. Maybe a lot of people still haven't oh. seen Booksmart. It has an unfair advantage in that way. American Pie, at least at one point, was considered... Ghosts classic. are in her eggs, <laughs> waiting to be reborn. You know what? I loved when we talked about that. Let's play that clip. I have to get, <laughs> I have to get Gigi's voice on, the, on this episode. I had the exact same thing. I lost my virginity in what I thought was a park, but it turned out to be a graveyard, and now the ghost spirits live inside my eggs, waiting to be reborn. So I always felt like we were similar. Ah, uh, Gigi. Uh, there needs to be a Gigi spinoff, I'm convinced. Gigi goes to college or something. You know, wasn't there like a Sharpay spinoff for high school? High school movie? So, here's, here's the spinoff of Sharpay. So, there was a spinoff movie where Ashley Tisdale goes to New York. It's called Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. <laughs> she graduates from high school, goes to New York to pursue her acting career, meets a guy who's hot Ryan. Have you seen the High School Musical movies, Brian, or no? The first one I have seen. So you know how she's got a brother, Ryan, who's kind of like this doofy kind of guy or whatever? Yeah. She starts dating a guy in the new movie that is basically a hot version of her brother, and <laughs> me and Joe were shook. And so we were we were blown away by that. But then a spinoff to the spinoff, we found erotic fan fiction oh. that someone had written about Sharpay's character and about Zac Efron's character, Troy Bolton, and... 
It's called Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure 2, <laughs> and Joe and I did an episode about that, too, oh, where man. I read a lot of smut on air. <laughs> I have to listen to that episode. I, I think I missed that one. Of course, at cageclub.me, correct? I'm Slash not- Sack Attack, or wherever you could find fine podcasts like this one. I thought you said Sack Attack, and I was like, oh, oh yeah. Sack, sack Attack. attack. <laughs> no, Zack Attack, as in Zack Efron. I don't know if that was one of the moves in Sharpay's adventure too or whatever but <laughs> Let's no, honestly it's a little it's a little tame considering it is sort of a, an adult rated fan fiction on fanfiction.net from zephron lover 19 but you know you can't make the stuff up well joey if you're feeling a little bit thirsty from thinking about that episode this next category is going to put you over the top i'm sure oh boy class hunk and this might be one of the most hotly contested categories we ever had the voting was going back and forth but Is that a euphemism, Brian? (laughs) I didn't think of it originally as as one, but hey, whatever. This was interesting. I am very surprised what happened in the last hour. So here were our nominees. The most obvious nominee to me, and I was even going to name this category after this person, is Peter Kavinsky, to all the boys I loved before, right? But look, you got some great nominees here. You got Danny from Greece. You have Jake Ryan from 16 Candles. I put Link Larkin on here. I know he doesn't technically qualify, but... That is a wild headshot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I put Link Larkin on here. I know he doesn't technically qualify, but I don't know. I felt like he was close enough. I cheated a little bit there. And then Bo from Dumplin', another great Netflix film. So when I had checked before peter kavinsky was in the lead by one vote but he has since been surpassed by some Uh-oh. someone i'm very very surprised oh Bo from dumplin one what whoa 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 shocker here as much as i love zach efron i feel like for the narrative of your podcast it has to be peter kavinsky yeah for the way that for the way that you have structured your homework structured your class assignments it's got to be peter kavinsky he is the through line he is the glue that brings everything together, the fact that it's not him is, once again, utterly disappointing. It's crazy, and, you know, he's my sentimental pick, but, you know, we had the same guest for both those episodes because Two All the Boys Love Before and Dumplin' were both Netflix films, both of the better end of Netflix films. And actually, I talked with Jenna Giam about Bo and what she thought of Bo compared to Peter Kudvinsky, and this is what she thought her relationship with Bo is much more of a focus in the book than it is in the movie. I actually thought the friendship dynamic was probably done a little better in the movie oh, than the book. Okay, cool. Mm. You mentioned Bo. He's played by Luke Benward. I thought he was really good. <laughs> um, he did not look like a teenager. <laughs> okay, okay. A lot of these actors are not teenagers, but you're right. absolutely right. No, I thought he was good as well. I liked the character. Glad you told me that it's focused more in the book because I didn't mind in the film how it wasn't the main storyline. I liked the place it took in the film. Like you said, I liked how it focused more on the friends and more on Willow Dean and less, I don't know, on like the romance with him. But you are absolutely right. Was he even a high school student in the film or in in the book? I think he was, I mean, yeah, he's he's in high school in the book. I think he's meant to be in high school in the movie as well. He doesn't remotely look like a teenager. I mean, Daniel McDonald, I love her, but she's kind of pushing the high school thing as well. Like, Mm -hmm, she's mm -hmm. like 27 in real life, I think. So, yeah, definitely, but out of anyone, I think he looks like he's 25. (laughs) Yeah, I was... Okay, so I wrote that down. I was confused. I was like, I get why they think he's like the hot guy and he's cool, but is he kind of creepy because he's an adult and he's like... (laughs) 
you know, talking to, and trying to, like, you know, hang out with these high school girls, but I, I guess you comforted me a little by, by saying he's supposed to be a high schooler, but I definitely yeah. got that vibe. I was like, whoa. Look, he was very dreamy. He had the good dimples. Like, <laughs> I understand why she was drawn to him, and he's very sweet. I just wish he looked younger. <laughs> yeah, because he's got, like, the beard coming in, you know, like... like yeah. <laughs> like the five o'clock Permanent five o'clock show. <laughs> <laughs> but he does a good job. Yeah, he does. You know, I think it's great that the movie isn't all about romance and Willie Dean learns to love herself, not because a guy loves her, but because she just goes on that journey within herself. But it is a really great thing to see on screen the dreamy guy who is attracted to this girl who is plus size and it's presented as of course he would be attracted to her she's wonderful she's beautiful she's hilarious she's smart it's not something where it's like oh my god how can he think that or feel that way so i have to ask this i know you're a fan of Bo, but <laughs> how does he compare to peter kavinsky from to all the boys i've loved before oh uh, look that's that's unfair on Bo. i think it's like <laughs> No one can compare to Peter Kavinsky. He is just the next level. I, also, he gets a lot more plot in, in his movie than Bo <laughs> yes, does he in does. this one. <laughs> Bo, Bo are really, I think that would be, as much as I love that it's not all about romance, I would have liked a little bit more of Bo, just, just to establish his character a little bit more and give, give him a bit more grit than just having dimples and sucking on a lollipop and telling her she's, <laughs> she's beautiful. Like, I, I wanted to know more about his life and his, his character. So that would be my main criticism. But I also think the movie doesn't suffer for it because at the end of the day, it's not all about that. It, it did feel a little bit odd to kind of end on him and their yeah. dynamic when it hadn't been built up adequately. Look, I have to agree with her. Bo's okay. He looks a little older. I put him in this category. Didn't expect him to win. He's no Peter Kavinsky. I'm in shock right now. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> a lot of Dumplin' fans out there, because we got a Dumplin' right in before. So, you know, I mean, more power to you. This is nothing against Bo. I think Peter Kavinsky is a transcendent teen heartthrob for this genre. I think he's generational, you know? So, and I also think, importantly... That he is, and there was that conversation you had with Jenna, and maybe you want to play this clip too, where it's him on the couch with uh, Lana Condor and their younger, her younger sister, and they're watching Sixteen Candles, and it's meta. Like he is sort of providing commentary on High School Slumber Party in a way. So I like that element of it too. I'm sorry. Isn't this character long, dong duck, like kind of racist? Not kind of, extremely racist. So why do you like this movie? Why are you even asking that question? Hello, Jake Ryan? <sighs> I'm way better looking than that guy. You wish. Oh? Yeah? Incoming! <laughs> oh, this is good. Ow! Whoa! On High School Slumber Party, and on one of his rivals in this category, Jake Ryan. You know, so yeah, that's pretty cool. But he at least beat Jake Ryan, right? Like he is—he at least he, beat the, Jake Ryan. He was the in, firm second place winner. In all the boys I love before, he says that he's hotter than Jake Ryan, and they both give him shit and they say, "No, you're not." But proven by your fans, at least in that regard, he's right. Yes, the slumbers have spoken, and he is indeed hotter than Jake Ryan, but apparently not as hot as Bo from Dumplings. So, Joey, are you ready? Are you ready to crown the prom queen? Yes, I am ready to crown this prom queen. This was a, this was a tough category for me. I have to say. So we have Sam from A Cinderella Story, played by the legendary Hilary Duff. 
We have Mary Lou from Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Naturally, she was a prom queen. We have Claire from The Breakfast Club. We have Acid Burn from Hackers, and I included her because she was forced to wear a dress at the end, and I thought it was... And not that I thought it was funny in the movie, I thought, you know, she deserved a nomination here. You have Peggy Sue from Peggy Sue Got Married, and, you know, I actually really liked that movie, and I think she deserves to win for all she went through. And then someone wrote in, actually, Jules from Superbad. I thought that was interesting. Oh, I can see that. Sure. So who did you have in this category, Joey? Or who, you know, handicap this a little bit for us. You know, I'm going to admit here, deep into the podcast, that I I voted twice. Because I voted once. I I think I was the first person to vote. And then you added a couple categories. I wanted to sort of cast my ballot in those two. So I voted for everything again. I think I might have split my vote here. Because there are two that I really like. I mean, I love Molly Ringwald. I love Hilary Duff, but my, my choices here were between Mary Lou, because it is a crazy picture to have in this category, <laughs> Brian, and Peggy Sue, you know, both have songs written after them, both have names that rhyme, both have old-timey names. I think I voted for each of those once. I'm happy if either wins. I don't think either is going to win. I'm going to guess, based on how the rest of this godforsaken night is gone, that either Sam or Claire won. I'm going to say, ooh. Ugh. I was going to, because I, I originally was going to say I think Sam won, but I think now, I think Claire won. Did Claire win? Claire did win by a wide margin. The Breakfast Club, very popular tonight. Very popular. Karen and I talked about uh, Claire, but more importantly, we talked about the legendary Molly Ringwald, who's a foundational player in the high school slumber party or the high school film genre. And, you know, her take on The Breakfast Club today. Molly Ringwalds, we found to be very interesting because, like we said, it's a little bit of a polarizing film, but she wrote a great article for The New Yorker, and Karen and I talked about it a little bit on that episode. This New Yorker article was... Again, I had kind of known the gist of it, but mm-hmm. to read it completely... That's why you should never take articles from, like, the snippets. <laughs> to read it completely, it was actually, like, an awesome read because, I mean... One of the main focuses of the article is, I guess, John Hughes, and I mean, he is the main the main focus, and just kind of, uh, I, I don't know the word she uses, but it's kind of like conflicting in the way how he could be so connecting and so vulnerable, uh, understanding of what teenagers are going through, and really, not too many films had done that at the time, but also have kind of a little bit of a sick mind with certain things and just like this inappropriate stuff but i but see i had read these quotes about that but then when i read more of it i like i'm i'm happy she just wasn't i mean she has a right to say off the cuff comments but she did her freaking research you know yeah i'm definitely going to link this article to all the high school summer party twitter facebook stuff because it's such a great read like when she goes into like his national lampoon days that's not very uh i don't know what the not, word i'm looking no. for is it, it's not great and it's definitely yeah. again the nicest thing i could say about it is, is dated because it's like you know we consider national lampoon to be like oh you know one of the founding cornerstones of modern comedy but it was also i, I like i just i can't come up with the words for this but just definitely inappropriate by today's standards but it should have been inappropriate by those days standards as well Mm -hmm. it just seems so sorted but one of the main things that one of the main scenes she brings up is the scene where i guess bender is under the table and there's like a crotch shot 
which I read this before I rewatched the movie, and I was like, I don't remember a crotch shot. Like, I had no recollection of that even being in the movie. Yeah, I didn't really remember it too much. But, uh, yeah, she mentions that they hired an older actor because she was 15 at the time. But I feel like if you have to do that, then maybe that's not the scene you want to do. And I knew this part. Because I had read it before. She also mentioned how there was like a gym teacher who was supposed to be played by this attractive, whatever, lady. And um, there was supposed to be a topless scene that apparently she asked to be cut from the movie because it just made kind of no sense. And I really don't see how that would she make sense. She and Ali Sheedy, actually. Uh, yes, and Ali Sheedy, which is a good call there. But, so, on the one hand, why are you writing this kind of stuff, John Hughes? It seems yeah. a little bit... Uh, Unnecessary, to say the least. But on the other hand, I was thinking, too, like, at least he listened to them. So I was a little, not confused by this article, because it seemed like he kind of had a different kind of relationship with Molly Ringwald. Mm-hmm. I'm not implying anything by that, but I'm saying, like, where she even mentions that, like, he was... she In was a symbiotic niece. relationship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He wrote films f- for her and with her in mind. I mean, I guess that's good for her and like i'm glad he like listened to her input and stuff but then if you like care about this younger person Mm -hmm. why are you writing a scene like this you know i mean what are are your thoughts on this overall oh god um it's so complicated and like i love this piece by molly because she is so thoughtful about how complicated this stuff is yeah yeah that's a great way to put it gives weight I I hesitate to use the the phrase both sides of the issue, but because I feel like there's just like so many facets of this. There's no like both sides or whatever, but um, I like copied so many quotes from that article into my notes being like, Oh, I'll read this one. No, I'll read this one. No, I'll read that. Cause like so much of it is so good. So definitely if you're listening, read it. Um, I think it, I don't know. <laughs> I know, but I, I mean, like, I feel you. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you yeah. know? I, I don't want to hate this movie because of it. Well, so she says this. John's movies convey the anger and fear of isolation that adolescents feel. And seeing that others might feel the same way is a balm for the trauma that teenagers experience. Whether that's enough to make up for the impropriety of the films is hard to say. Even criticizing them makes me feel like I'm divesting a generation of its some of its fondest memories, or being ungrateful since they helped to establish my career. And yet embracing them entirely feels hypocritical. And yet, and yet, and she finishes that paragraph with an ellipsis. Like, it's almost impossible to, like, say something that, like, fully encapsulates, you know, how I feel about this, let alone somebody who was an integral part of making these movies. Yeah, and again, that's a great quote to just sum up. Um, it's it's just it's so complicated. Speaking of the Breakfast Club, it is one of our nominees for the final category here. It's not a superlative category, really, but you know, you read like a list of films that were popular in your high school yearbook, and this is a film podcast, and I feel like we had to have favorite film in here. And I and I had a lot of nominees for this one because I thought we saw a lot of good movies uh, this freshman year. And here they were. The Edge of Seventeen, The Last Picture Show, Booksmart, Halloween, The Breakfast Club, Eighth Grade, 
Assassination Nation, To All the Boys I Loved Before, Me and Earl and the Dying Girl was written in, and someone wrote in the hot chick, Joey, for favorite film. I'm going to unsubscribe to this podcast tomorrow if that wins. Stop encouraging people to unsubscribe to this podcast. Guys, subscribe. Please give me a five star. Gucci. Yeah. <laughs> did I say eighth grade? You yeah, did. Eighth grade. Okay. So what was your pick, Joey? What was your favorite film of this freshman year? Because this is a little bit of a tough category. So first off, I would like to say that I am very proud. I don't know if you can hear me. I'm flipping through my yearbooks. I want to see if I can find something. But, oh, hold on. I got to show you some another devastating, devastating picture. So here, hold on. In my yearbook, another picture of our class couple together forever. Pictures in hearts. Ooh. Ooh. Brutal. Yeah. Brutal. I, ooh, I wonder what the guy's doing now. But you know what? I, I can find out. I, I have. I don't. I have more hope, though, for Peter Kavinsky and Laura Jean. Of course. So who did you? Um, who did you? Uh, oh, so what I was saying film? was that I'm very proud of the fact that I think four of the five episodes I've done are on this list. Yeah. I actually, think the only yeah. episode that I've been on that we've not that did not crack this top eight was Summer of '84, and I knew that that, that I I liked that because I or I was on that because I liked that movie, not because I thought it was a great movie. But I think, unless I'm mistaken, every other movie that I've done. Is on here. I think so. Yeah, I think that's correct. You have good taste, I suppose. I'm just a taste maker. You know, Brian, I'm going to say honestly here, I don't know what I voted for because I think this is a very difficult category. It is. I love Yager 17. I still think, I think The Last Picture Show is maybe the best movie that you've covered, maybe the best movie that you're ever going to cover. Obviously, I love Booksmart. Halloween is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. Breakfast Club Classic, 8th Grade, great. To all the boys I loved before, probably the best Netflix movie, or one of the best Netflix movies. Assassination Nation, you know, the movie of 2018. I think if you held my feet to the proverbial fire, forced me to pick one. Favorite film, Assassination Nation? Wow. Which I know, which I know is not going to win. Wow. So here's who got votes. And these aren't, this is, I'm not going to say. Give me the percentages. Give me the percentages. percentages. Give me the percentages, but but ignore the ridiculous write-in votes. (laughs) I don't don't even want to consider the hot chick on the same level as these. So give me, ignore those, take those out if you can. Okay. Give me the rest of them. The contenders. Okay. So you had six, Six percent for Halloween, six percent for The Last Picture Show, and six percent for Assassination Nation. God give give or it. take a fraction here or there. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those were like the bottom level contenders here. You had a lot of varied votes here. Now the the ones that tied for second place at thirteen percent each were two movies I really really enjoyed. Two movies that I did out of the theater, which were Eighth Grade and Booksmart. Okay. Which I mean, you know. I, if the, both those won, I couldn't go wrong with those, but I'm not shocked that they didn't because I don't think they have the exposure yet, you know. But the winner was, and I guess I shouldn't be surprised about how things were going today. Brian, I know you're, I know what you're going to say, and, you know, I get it, and I, you know, I respect the choice, but I'm tired of the Breakfast Club winning. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, I think I may need to send you to detention because... The Breakfast Club is... Oh, I've been mouthing off all class. I know this. (laughs) The Breakfast Club is just the clear winner here with 36%. That's, you know, a a little over a third of you guys voted for The Breakfast Club. And I get it. It's a classic. It is a classic. It is the formative film, maybe, of the genre. I think a lot of people tune into this show because of movies like The Breakfast Club. But I hope 
that through that they discover movies like Eighth Grade and Your Assassination Nation and Booksmart, more modern films, and realize that, yeah, the teen genre was really good in the 80s, it was good in the 90s, but we're making some really, really, really good high school films now. So, you know, if The Breakfast Club, which, again, I like, I'm not going to say I don't like it, but if The Breakfast Club can lead people into seeing new teen movies as well, as well as old classics, and maybe some forgotten ones, and hey, maybe for those of you who enjoy the hot chick out there too, I just love this genre, and I love all the films that I'm getting to see. It's just been an awesome experience, and listing all those was just, you know, it brought back such good good memories of the films that I've done on this podcast, and all the great guests I've had, too. Including you, Joey, who, as you said, have been on for some great, great films. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be here. Now, I have a question for you, and I, want to put, I don't want to put your feet to the fire. I don't want you to, you know, commit to anything that you're, you're not ready to commit to, but The Breakfast Club, obviously, a big winner tonight. The big, the big, the big winner, you know, walked away with a lot of coveted high school summer party awards. Do we have, are they called, what are they called, the jammies? The, sl- the sleeping bags? The baggies? No, it's just in the yearbook, so I didn't really... Oh, right, these really are just the superlatives. It's not actually yeah. an award show. Okay, <laughs> this is just... Oh, so me actually flipping through my yearbooks, providing the literal backing track. Oh, you get it. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, good sound effect. Okay. So here, so here's my question. So, Breakfast Club, everybody... Like, walking away from this year, everybody loves a Breakfast Club. I know that you intentionally did not go through all the biggest high school movies in your first year, because you wanted to save some of them down the road, right? Do you have a movie that's on par on the level of The Breakfast Club or in that sort of ballpark that you plan to cover in your sophomore year? Oh, absolutely. No, definitely. You want to give a little you want to give a little teaser taster to your listeners? I mean, no? we just did 16 candles, but And you're going to do that every year, right? You said you Yeah, we'll that be doing year. that every year for our birthday. That's for sure. But I definitely want to get into more classics. I would definitely like to do Ferris Bueller this year. Okay. Another John Hughes one. Are there any films, Joey, that you think you would like to see in our sophomore year? Do you have what I submitted to you, my choices, way back when? Yeah, somewhere. Um, There's a lot, but let me see. I'll get it quick. See if you can find that. Actually, while you look for that, I'm going to go through. So, Brian, the reason I was flipping through my yearbook most recently just now is because I knew that there was a page in here, and I finally found it. Senior favorites. So this is a poll that I remember, I think, remember taking, and they tabulated the votes and they chose our favorite across the board in a lot of different things. And if you want to feel firmly rooted in the mid-2000s, get ready, Brian. Sounds good. I'm waiting. Favorite song, My Humps, by either oh my God. Fergie or the Black Eyed Peas. Oh, my God. I think that's just Fergie. No, no, it's Black Eyed Peas. Whatever. I think it's Black Eyed Peas. Favorite actor, the now-disgraced, sort of, Johnny Depp. Ooh. So, so far, 0 for 2. I don't like any of these choices. <laughs> Favorite actress, I did not know her then. This is from a very, for a very specific reason, which we will get to on the next page. Favorite actress, my girl now, Rachel McAdams. Wow. Favorite store, may it rest in peace, Borders. <laughs> Musical group, Green Day. Female singer, this is right after American Idol season one had ended, Kelly Clarkson. Male singer, Kanye West. Sports team, the Yankees. Ooh. Comedian, who could forget Dane Cook? Dane Cook won favorite comedian. Oh of my course. god! Of course, he like this is the the year or two where he was the coolest person That's on the planet. Hilarious. So so far on the first half of this, I like three things. I like Rachel McAdams. I like Borders. And I made rest of four things: Borders, Kanye, and the Yankees. And Dane Cook. Favorite place to eat: T 
TGIF. TGI Oof. Fridays. No offense, TGI Fridays. Now, that's a good high school place. I take that back. I feel like the better choice, though, is Applebee's like, for those half-price apps. Like, I feel like Fridays doesn't have anything that sort of competes <laughs> on that level, but I don't know. Favorite food, pizza. Favorite college, Penn State, which is such a boring answer. Favorite subject, English. Favorite sport, football. Even though the favorite sports team was the Yankees, people like football more. Favorite athlete, Derek Jeter. Favorite TV show, Family Guy. Favorite kind of car, which is a wild and weird clue, or a question, BMW. Okay. Which shows how wealthy I grew up in an area. I mean, I did not have a BMW, but that was the favorite kind of car. Favorite magazine, Cosmopolitan, which means I'm guessing more girls than boys did this. Favorite book, Harry Potter series. Favorite movie, hashtag boyfriend material, The Notebook. Nice, nice. Okay. I mean, that's a little... So that is a... uh, 2006, right? Yeah, I mean, even if, like, you you didn't know when I graduated high school, if you looked at these pages, (laughs) you would be like, oh, yeah, this is 2006, right? Mm -hmm." Explains a lot. So, Joe, you asked me to look up what movies you requested on this podcast, and you do have, like I said, a very heavy hand and a strong vote. (laughs) <laughs> and this so you'll likely get these but you had you well did you can you send me the list and i'll tell you what i'm most excited for well i'll, I don't I'll read it down quick it, it's oh cool. okay okay so you you put them in three categories now tier one i'm just oh, i forgot going to assume i'm gonna going to give you you know tier two you'll probably get unless like you know there's i find a guest who really really wants to do that and you know and tier three is i, I take it as like if you're available you know i think tier three were movies that i've already talked about and would and like, but don't necessarily need to talk about again, I yeah. think. Does that make sense? Yeah, and look, I've added so many since this day, so they're pro- it might be a different list today, but your priority were an education. This is Tier 1. Tier 1, yes. Uh-huh, okay. Easy A, Election, mm-hmm. Lady mm-hmm. Bird, The mm-hmm. Edge of Seventeen, Last mm-hmm. Picture Show, mm-hmm. and The Spectacular Now. So you got in The Edge of Seventeen and Last Ooh. Picture Show there. Okay. Then your Tier 2 was Chronicle, Clueless, Dazed and Confused, Dope, Friday Night Lights, Grease, which you didn't get in, Heathers, Juno, Rebel Without a Cause, Spider-Man Homecoming, The Blind Side, The Last American Version, and you wrote Spider-Man Homecoming twice. And unfortunately, Joey, you're not on that one because... That's fine. (laughs) Well, we'll talk about it later. And then there's Tier 3. And exactly, movies you've already done before you liked, but you, you know, you didn't necessarily have to be a part of. There's 17 again, 21 Jump Street. Zephantine again. Sorry, seven, 17 again. Zephantine again. Zephantine again. 21 Jump Street, Bill and Ted's oh. Excellent Adventure, Coach Carter, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, High School Musical, Peggy Sue Got Married, which obviously you weren't on, and Valley Girl. Here's what I'm requesting, officially officially requesting. I think also we can maybe not do Chronicle because Max Landis is in the news now and he's canceled, and so maybe Chronicle gets canceled too, even though I love that movie. I won't I won't cancel it because I don't want to avoid these kind of things, but maybe we'll wait a little bit. <laughs> it's not on the front. It's not on the front burner. I'm going to say here, I'm going to pick Spectacular Now and Education and... I'm going to do four, and I'll let you pick from there. But these are the, these are the top ones. I'm going to do two from Tier 1, two from Tier 2. And Education, Spectacular Now, Dope, Rebel Without a Cause. Definitely hope to talk about those in our sophomore year, that's for sure. So I've never seen Rebel Without a Cause, so I want to do that. That's a classic. I want to watch all three of his movies. 
Dope, I really love. I mean, the other three I love. I just want to talk about those. But Spectacular Now, if I could only have one, Brian, if I'm only allowed one apple from the teacher, <laughs> Spectacular Now. Oh, man. No, your wish is my command, Joey. That will Ooh. definitely do that one soon, that's for sure. Now, thank you, Joey, for helping me reveal these winners of our freshman yearbook. It was exciting. A lot, a lot of surprises. I know you're not the happiest with the outcome, but hopefully most of the slumberers are happy with the outcome. And if not, you should have voted. You should have voted early. You should have voted often. But you know what? It is what it is. And I- I'm happy with a lot of the choices. I like I like not knowing what was going to happen here. Definitely got a nice sense of what you guys like and maybe what you guys don't like. So really appreciate it. And really appreciate you, Joey, for the chance you've given me the platform on the Cage Club Podcast Network and, you know, helping me out today. Anything you want to plug or, or, or talk about from, from the network? Two big things. Number one, Tom Tom Club every Friday. The other thing, well, uh, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, alternating me and Mike Manzi. He's been on the podcast a lot recently. You know him. You know me. Go listen to that. Also of, very, of great importance, every other Tuesday, Too Fast, Too Forever, Joe 2 and I go through the Fast and Furious movies, including Tokyo Drift, which we just covered, on loop forever. This upcoming week, we have a bonus episode, Los Bandoleros, Los Bandoleros. Tokyo Drift with Fast and Furious which is going to be very exciting. So I'm very excited to talk about that. We've never talked about that. And then, in three and a half weeks, you, Mr. Brian Rodriguez, and the foodie films man himself, and I'm Kyle Reinfried, are going to be on to talk about Fast Five. So, and also, to, to tease even further, the episode between Los Bandoleros and your episode, Fast and Furious number four, we're going to be joined by Alex Schroeder, who's been on this podcast a handful of times. So, if the slumberers have not migrated to Too Fast Too Forever. I don't know why you didn't, because we had a three-episode epic crossover, <laughs> which was so much fun. But if they like you, if they like Alex, and who doesn't like Alex, the next couple episodes are going to be the perfect time to dip your water into Too Fast Too Forever. A lot of fun over there. Even if you don't like the movies, even if you don't like cars, if you don't, have you haven't seen the movies, there's so much, there's so very little of that podcast that's actually about those movies. I think you'll have a good time. It's definitely a fun ride. Wink, wink. It is. No, uh, those are great shows, and the banter's fun, the games are hilarious, and yeah, I second that. Definitely check out Too Fast, Too Forever. Well, thank you, Joey, for passing by, and we'll obviously hear from you really soon, and we'll get your choices done, I promise. Wow, Breakfast Club really cleaned house, huh? They were like the popular kids on the yearbook committee this time. (laughs) So, once again, huge thank you to Joey. Not just for hopping on. Not just for helping me announce all these superlatives. Not just for helping us fill out our yearbook. But for being patient with me as the head of the Cage Club Podcast Network. And letting me create from this madness. and, And make it into High School Slumber Party. 
And a thank you to all my guests as well. This freshman year has been amazing, and I could have not done it without all my guests. Trust me, you don't want to hear me just ramble on alone, even though I'm doing that right now. But for a whole, like, hour, two hours, eh, I don't know if I could do it. <laughs> and while I like Joey, I don't know if you guys are going to be a fan of his decisions. He is my boss on this network, and he did suggest that you guys belong in summer school for your choices. I don't agree, but I have to listen to him. Last summer, I kept you in summer school for not getting John Cusack to unblock us. I've forgiven you for that, but I don't know. Let's face it. I'm pulling at strings here. Is that what they say, pulling at strings? I'm not sure. Whatever. I'm just trying to get you to stay with me and get us to hang out all summer. So mandatory summer school, guys. Sorry. But the good news is, that means there's more high school slumber party coming your way. And it starts with next week. Here is your high school slumber party summer school homework to watch Spider-Man Homecoming. What's up, guys? Wait a minute. You guys aren't the real Avengers. I can tell Hulk gives it away. Oh, that was awesome. Did Liz get a new top? No, we've seen that before. Never with that skirt. She probably stops staring before it gets creepy, though. Too late. You guys are losers. So to become an Avenger, are there like trials or an interview? Just don't do anything I would do. And definitely don't do anything I wouldn't do. There's a little gray area in there and that's where you operate. Oh. All right. That's not a hug, I'm just grabbing the door for you. All right, kid. Good luck out there. I'm feeling rough, I'm feeling wrong. Listen, I know school sucks. Peter, you still with us? Uh, yeah, yeah. I know you want to save the world, but you're not ready yet. You're the Spider-Man. No, I'm not. I'm not. This is just a costume. This is from the ceiling. Stay close to the ground and stay out of trouble. Forget the flying monster guy. There are people who handle this sort of thing. I'm sick of him treating me like a kid all the time. But you are a kid. This is my chance to prove myself. Peter, what is going on with you? I'm really sorry. I'm so busy. I'm slammed. Don't mess with me. Because I will kill you and everybody you love. Oh, my spidey senses are tingling for this one. Wow, that was really dumb. But this is a big one. With Far From Home coming out soon, we want to do the two Spidey films back-to-back. -back. And our guests will be the super senior Michael Manzi and none other than the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reinfried. Speaking of Kyle, well, we'll bring him up later. First, 
I want to wish everyone a happy Pride Month, right? Second, I want to thank specifically a slumberer out there for giving me this awesome fact. I wish I saw it last week when we did Can't Hardly Wait, but Jan from Grease One Class Clown, so it still works, it still makes sense for today. Thank you, thank you, thank you, listener Wayne. I'm going to read what he wrote to me on Facebook. It's going to blow your mind. Hey Brian, just had to stop for another surprise cameo. I rewatched Can't Hardly Wait again this weekend, and I've made it through about half the podcast, but in my viewing, I noticed that the teacher in Preston's flashback is Jamie Donnelly, who played Jan in another classic high school movie, Grease. Mind blown. I would have never, ever, ever, ever have thought that. That's awesome. Thank you, Wayne. I really appreciate it. Teacher's pet right here. Teacher's pet, Wayne. Everyone else, you gotta step your game up. I love facts like this. So with that being said, I want to thank you slumberers out there for being there with me, always being there. You make my silly little hobby so worthwhile. We made our freshman year awesome, and I want to thank you guys for that. We got to see so many great movies, some bad ones too, the kissing booth, but we got to have fun the entire time, and that's the most important thing. And I can't believe you guys put up with my silliness as well when it came to the time I got hacked or the time that we were haunted here in High School Slumber Party. And of course, when I rented that cabin in the mountains for our Christmas special. And... What better way to welcome summer school than by calling back to our Christmas special? Calling back to a song and one of my favorite moments I've had yet to date on High School Slumber Party. When the foodie films man himself, Kyle Reintree, joined me in a nice little holiday serenade. Don't forget to get that yearbook signed. See you next week for summer school. Later, dudes. Oh, awesome. That must be my guests. Let me just turn down the music. Here we go. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Oh, hey, Kyle. It's Kyle Reinfried, host of Foodie Films. And of course, P.S. I love Hoffman. P.S. I still love Hoffman. A good friend. So glad you could make it. I was afraid no one was going to show up, to be honest with you. Come on, Brian. I-, I wouldn't miss a party. So happy you can be here. Where's everyone else, though? I mean, the storm, I guess. Oh, come on. We won't let a little snow damper our holiday spirits. Is that a, Is that a keyboard over there? Yeah, it was here when I got here. It has all these, like, built-in tracks and stuff. Some of them are corny, though. Don't worry, I'm going to be playing some records when the party starts. Ooh, records. Do you have any of the contemporary stuff? Oh, sure, yeah. I think it's marvelous. Some of the tracks real nice. Do you like the older musicians, too? Oh, of course. Chaps like John Legend and Harry Styles. (laughs) You go back that far, huh? Are you into uh, traditional Christmas? Of course. And you know what? I just recently became an uncle, so I love just... I love this time of year. The presents and the tree, agents sliding down the chimney. What? Just seeing if you're paying attention. (laughs) Actually, my niece loves it when I sing uh, this song. My niece loves... well, this one. A5. Yep, right there.
pum-pum-pum-pum A newborn king to see pa-rum-pum-pum-pum Our finest gifts we bring pa-rum-pum-pum-pum Rum-pum-pum-pum, rum-pum-pum-pum Peace on earth, can it be? Years from now, perhaps we'll see See the day of glory See the day when men of goodwill Live in peace, live in peace again Peace on earth Can it be? Every child must be made aware. Every child must be made to care. Care enough for his fellow man to give all the love that he can. I pray my wish will come true For my child and your child too You'll see the day of glory See the day when men of goodwill Live in peace, live in peace again he smiled It's over. Go home. Go.